For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast. Morning all, free contraception makes the papers today. Front page of all of them, particularly the broadsheets, the likes of the Times, the Independent, and indeed the Examiner, the Independent this morning says free contraception from women aged 17 to 25 is set to come into effect this week, marking a substantial financial saving uh, to young women because women in this age will be entitled to free contraception as well as free consultations with their GP. Uh, the state will pick up the cost of the GP consultation, so it'll be no charge to 17 to 25-year-olds. It's going to cost about $25 million to fund uh, aged 17 to 25 contraception at no cost from the doctors or indeed the pharmacists. Um, the cost for the contraceptive pill and repeat prescriptions are estimated at uh, about €100 Euro every six months. So it's a, it's a big saving, so it is. Um, there are a lot of other changes, actually, to the way we do business in this country in various forms, uh, including uh, minimum wage. More, more on that in a few minutes' time, but um, energy dominates the papers today. Uh, the Mail has done a survey, uh, and they asked people two, separate, two simple questions, their thoughts on whether they would prefer a price cap or a discount on your energy bill? And the second question, whether or not the government should impose a windfall tax on energy companies. The answer to taxing energy companies was yes. Three quarters of the people surveyed said yes. Uh, But they don't want a discount um, or a hundred a month off energy bills. They want a price cap, the same as the UK. Two thirds of the public want it capped, which would be like a frozen price. The UK is for two years um, so that they know exactly what they're going to pay and no more. And people are saying this is the time when the government has to step up and big up and take responsibility for it. So it's an interesting response because we've lost another energy provider with Panda Power now. About 60,000 residential electricity and gas customers will have to flip to the likes of electricity and what have you. So thousands of then will be forced to pay higher rates because Panda is leaving the market. It's a story making the independent today. But the issue I mentioned there with regards to uh, wages uh, or low pay, I heard McBarry in the news saying that the 80 cent wouldn't feed the pigeons. It's the second 80 cent increase uh, to the minimum wage because the wage was increased at the beginning of the year by 80 cent to 10.50 for anyone over the age of 20 and now you're going to see another 80 cent hike bringing it to 11.30 an hour in a bid to help people with the cost of living. Now bear in mind its employers will actually pay this uh, not the state. Um, so 160 in a calendar year, I can kind of see where he's coming from. Uh, but then again, you'll have employers pushing back saying, where are we going to find the money? Students then in Cork make the papers and particularly foreign students. I see it in the Sun this morning. I see it in the Echo. I see it in the Examiner this morning being scammed uh, on side with regards to properties and indeed uh, rental accommodation um, and apartments and houses also. Anne Mooney in the Sun this morning says the guards are very much aware and are warning people to be aware of accommodation fraudsters because way too many third level students are being scammed out of tens of thousands uh, of euro. Um, and some of them are losing upwards of 30 and f- anywhere from like 1500 to 30 and 40,000. And others then are also being scammed. She says that holidaymakers here are losing huge amounts of money including a person booking a holiday home in Portugal who lost over €48,000 
their bank account must have been drained when they gave out bank details. Another person was defrauded of, of 10,000. And then there's the story in the Echo of a French student who became the latest victim of accommodation scams on Leaside when a, 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 well, a con artist posing as a Cork-based landlord probably never set foot in Cork because all of this is happening in the online world and she ended up being cheated out of €3,115, which she thought was a deposit for an apartment coupled with two months' rent in advance. She was coming here to study. Other story, and be so careful. As they say always, if it sounds too good to be true, it definitely is too good to be true. Um, But some of them, I suppose, aren't even too good to be true. It might be an average rent and it might be an insistence of two months' rent deposit. So people think, well, that's about the market rate. And they engage online without ever having visited the property. Uh, Talking about property visits, though, of those that are inspected for HAP, 92% of the properties fail. So that's why it makes, it doesn't surprise me with our conversations with Threshold yesterday, when they were saying that the conditions that people are forced to live in now, and they can't complain because they're at the mercy of the landlord, because God knows how the landlord might react to a complaint or somebody looking for work to be done on their home or their flat or whatever the case may be. But 92% of HAP properties inspected on behalf of Cork City Council since the end of last year failed to meet required standards. I'll come back and drill into some of those standards a little later on this morning, but that's a story from the Echo. And of course, tragedy is never too far these days, sadly. And you know of the death of uh, brother and sister Mikey and Thelma uh, who died in their car, in the car that they were in. They were travelling with their mother. Uh, was set on fire, uh, a deliberate act apparently in Westmeath last Friday. Well, the Red Tops this morning talk with the farmer who came across the horrific car blaze that killed the two children. And he also told the, top, the Red Tops how he uh, pulled their mother back from the flames. It's so sad and so tragic. And another story of a murdered man who lay dead for a week in an inner city Dublin apartment. Um, that's being investigated now. The body of the suspected murder victim lay in the flat for a week while apparently, very macabre, uh, and people moved about and in and out of the property with the body of the dead suspected murder victim in the same flat as them. Murder probe as man found with head injuries was left dead in the flat for a week. Investigators shocked to discover that people had continued to come and go and stay in the flat while a decomposing body lay on the floor. Oh my God, the times we live in these days. And from the times we live in now to the times we lived in 100 years ago, um, we're going to get a statue of Michael Collins erected in Cork City Centre, according to the Echo this morning. And it's all been agreed and signed off. Do you remember and have you seen the very famous photograph of um, General Michael Collins cycling around on his push bike. Well, that's what the statue will be. The famous bicycle and it will commemorate the centenary of his death Um, and uh, the City Council, which met on Monday night, voted almost unanimously not quite sure who was against it, but almost unanimously to the erection of a statue to Collins, which would be donated by the Collins 100 Committee, who will pick up the tab for it. Now, they have to agree yet as to where the statue would go. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Where would you put Michael Collins' statue of himself? I hope it's life-size as well. That would be fabulous if it were a life-size statue. But where would you put it? Text 0868104106. And let's not forget, we are still waiting for the statue to commemorate the Cork Dockers down the Docklands. So hopefully that's going to drive on as well. 
Um, talking about uh, councils, from city council to county council, Danny Collins, who's the mayor of Cork County, uh, told the Cork County Chamber uh, this week that he has mixed feelings. Mixed feelings about what, you might ask? Well, about, and this was a directive that was sent down by the Taoiseach, Micheál Martin, and the directive was to fly the flags at half-mast next Monday for the funeral of the, Brit- of the British Queen, Queen Elizabeth. And uh, Danny Collins says he has mixed feelings about that. He says, I don't know my own feelings. I'll be quite honest. They're quite mixed. But we did get a directive from the Taoiseach's office, so I suppose we'll have to do it, to see. Uh, other people who seem to be slightly, um, you know, well, I, he, he says that he's got mixed feelings about it. You wouldn't put any mixed feelings down to the carry-on of King Charles recently. You might have seen some of the videos online and the papers pick up of it again. The bad form that he's in with people. Now, you could put this down uh, to the death of his mother. I, I understand that. But he does seem to have um, a very short temper. And earlier in the week, it had to do with, uh, you know, not being very kind to one of his aides, those that work on his staff. Um, and yesterday, it had to do with a pen that was leaking. Now, bear in mind that people are worried about fuel and energy costs and whether they're going to put food on their table or not. And he's saying things like, I can't bear this bloody thing. Uh, what they do these, i just gone on about the pen and the ink. Every stinkled, stinking time, he says. And he gets off and he's moving around behind Camilla, who then sits down apparently and gets ink all over her hands as well. I mean, it's a real first world story. Uh, bear in mind, though, that I was listening this morning, an awful lot of the staff who used to work for Prince Charles in various departments, but one in particular, I think, in Scotland, uh, he's moved up to become a king now. They were made redundant on Monday. They had thought that they would be moved in to his staff within you know, the role of as king, but apparently not. They got marching orders and some of them had worked with him for many, many decades. But they're after outlying, out, uh, out, um, they're after revealing the route now. I don't know if anybody's going to travel. I wonder if anybody in Cork going to travel um, for the Queen's lying in state or indeed for the funeral itself. But they're saying on Sky News this morning that people will be waiting 30 hours to get into Westminster Hall. Every single person that goes in there apparently will have to go through the same kind of security going through um, uh, airports, you know, the scanners and everything to do with it will be the very same. So the distance at any one time for people queuing will be four and a half miles and a 30-hour wait. I mean, it's an incredibly long wait, isn't it? Uh, I see also that the papers this morning are talking about um, uh, COVID, uh, not in the sense of those people who are uh, still coming down with COVID, but to those who lost loved ones. Uh, and the Sun this morning says that um, it's believed that about 23 healthcare workers died after catching the virus in Ireland and their loved ones and their families, and those who died having been infected, infected in the workplace, are set to get €100,000 under a new scheme. Eligibility, of course, has to be defined as essential healthcare workers like GPs and others in primary care and even admin staff. So that's the story that makes uh, this morning's sun. And if you didn't know it, more people now are being told to urge to do everything early, slowly and frugally. And that includes buying for Christmas. Never mind the ones now that Santa Claus is going to bring. That's fine. Santa will look after all of that. But for the rest of the toys and everything else, prices are just going to go one way between now and Christmas. And that's up. Because energy and fuel and transportation and logistics of getting things into shops is just going north. 
So the encouragement now is, particularly from the toy makers and the toy sellers themselves, is to uh, buy Christmas presents early because they are going to surge and they're going to continue to rise. I'm assuming at this stage that everything that will be available for Christmas is already on the shelves. Uh, not quite sure what the big surprises will be this Christmas, but we'll have to wait and see. And you, you know you hear about animals and pets particularly who kill their owners. I'm not quite sure if I've ever heard of a kangaroo who beat a man to death. They can be deadly, vicious kangaroos, and they pack one hell of a serious punch. But the Sun this morning says it's the first death by kangaroo in Australia since 1936. I think the poor old kangaroo had to be had to be shot, um, shot the poor kangaroo. But a 77-year-old man was found seriously injured. Subsequently, died at his home. He kept the kangaroo, or at least was attempting to keep the kangaroo as a pet. And with equal rights to all. Be very interested to see how this rolls out in a German court. There's a woman by the name of Gabrielle Leberton. She's a 38-year-old living in Berlin for the last 10 years. Visited a swimming pool with her five-year-old son. Story from the UK Times this morning. She was evicted from the open-air swimming pool for sunbathing topless and she is now suing the state of Berlin for discrimination. And she's seeking... Um, I suppose, to some extent, only €10,000 in compensation. And she makes a really valid point. She says that she's been discriminated about against because she says the pool was full of topless men. And she was not naked because she was wearing a bikini bottom. But the guards were still called by the police. Um, as in the lifeguards and those working in the, poli- in the pool called the police. And they forced her to leave. It does sound like discrimination, doesn't it? If men are allowed inside in the pool topless, why shouldn't women? Be interesting to see what happens in court in that one. And there is another story making the courts today, and it was in Judge Colm Roberts' court. The echo picks up on it. And he's criticising the behaviour of individuals who would be deemed to be disrespectful inside in court, including a man who tried to roll a cigarette in court, a woman who applied eye makeup. And stuff like that. And he's just saying that um, it's just not acceptable behaviour in court. So a man stood before the judge with his hands in his pockets. Can't be done. Another fellow trying to roll a fag while waiting for his case to be called was told, leave the courtroom. And a woman then waiting for her public order case to be called takes out a mirror and applies mascara to her eyelashes. i tell you one thing. You won't be doing that in the courtroom of Judge Colm Roberts anymore. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Yeah, Barney and Douglas already is in touch, uh, understanding why, say, for instance, Danny Collins might have mixed feelings about flying the flag at half-mast next Monday. She says, well, would Britain fly the flag at half-mast if Michael D. Uh, died, as in our president? Good question. Text 86 I'll see if I can get a word from Danny and ask him about his uh, mixed feelings. Uh, well, we don't have mixed feelings on Lee's side. We have very sad feelings on Lee's side because um, wonderful Cork woman, Orla Flavin, a young Cork mother who was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer, sadly passed away after a brave, brave battle on Friday. And it was just under a year on from her diagnosis. Um, she was the Cove Lions Club treasurer, uh, battled the disease with great courage and dignity uh, and passed away, as I say. And uh, the reason I mention it is because everybody was heartbroken with the news. Uh, Orla went public about her diagnosis on this program last December. She was talking at the time with Mick Mulcahy. Um, and th- at the time, she vowed to spend the time that she had left making memories 
with her husband and her two daughters. And there was a huge outpouring of sympathy, support to her in December of last year. And the businesses of Cork rallied big time and offered huge support. And the show then went on to arrange a full wedding renewal of vows for Orla and her husband. And they managed to do it within a 24-hour period. It was phenomenal. And that renewal took place in Cove Cathedral in March of this year and afterwards a very extensive function. Much of it, of course, all provided by Cork businesses in the beautiful Vienna woods. But um, Orla first spoke to make in December last year and on Friday, March the 11th then, I spoke with her again uh, ahead of the wedding renewal, her 14th wedding anniversary. Uh, husband Neil and children Haley and Chloe and everything were obviously at that event. And this is just a recap, recap of, of those events. My own situation, um, my husband and I spent 10 years trying to start our family. And during that time, we had six angel babies that we never got to hold. And then we were finally blessed. And we have two miracles. We have a little girl who's three and a little girl who's two. And from the outside looking in, happy days. We have exactly what we wanted. Um, But eight weeks ago, our world was completely turned upside down because I was diagnosed with um, lung cancer in both lungs. I, I tell my little girls every day I love them and will you remember I love you and if I'm not here will you remember I love you and we do we do this little thing and you must ask daddy how much mommy always loves you and that's my one fear really is that they'll forget how much I love them I don't think they'll forget but give, give them give them the little things that you're doing along the way yeah I have wonderful family and friends who I know will remind them for me every single day because I'll come back and haunt them if they don't. <laughs> the husband isn't on board fully yet, but the wife is definitely wanting to renew her wedding then. Tell me why and tell me what that means to a woman. I'm putting that out there. Go on, tell me why. Because the journey we've had over 13 years has been a wonderful one. And I just want to remind him that and tell him I love him more now than I did the day I married him. And I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so I just want to share that with him again and have that moment again and have our girls there and have our just perfect family in that bubble for that, that moment again. So that's what I'd like to do. You just wished that your wedding vows could be renewed. And, yeah. um, and and that was more a message to my husband, really. To be okay, honest, and he's got the message, and and, and he, he got the message, and it's great. He, he's come true. Now here we go, right? <laughs> right, um, Mick. Um, this is a wedding that we've organised in twenty-four hours. There you go. Okay, twelfth of March. I'm even uh, welling up here now. Um, we've got everything. <laughs> what do you think? I'm sorry, I just can't keep my composure this time. I'm just so, so overwhelmed. Thank you so much. And on behalf of my little girls who have beautiful photographs that they're in with their mum to look at and beautiful memories, I just thank you all so very, very much. I'm, I'm humbled and overwhelmed at the response that my story has had. And I don't feel that I deserve any of this. You deserve every bit of it, Orla. You deserve every bit of it. Thank you so much. 
at Orla in conversation with Mick last December. I've said it before and I've said it many times. I'll say it again. You will not beat Cork people for generosity, for compassion, for sympathy. And of course, that was proven in organising that in 24 hours. Um, that was Mick on air at the time. I wasn't here. I did subsequently talk with Orla then in March of this year as it was all happening. And that was wonderful. But just recapping again with that event and that little piece of audio. Um, Seamus and the gang at the time, Emer and Brenda and everybody were, were working very hard to pull it off. It was an astonishing thing to do, but you sounded quite emotional. Um, you were very much moved by it because you could understand that this woman was battling a very serious disease and was on the clock. Um, and I am again this morning, Neil, because I didn't know at the time when Orla was coming on, um, I grew up with her yeah. in Cove. Yeah. Um, she was from Cork City. Yeah. And um, we used to run um, a project in Cove for kids with special needs uh, when we were in transition year. Yeah, in school. Yeah. And uh, that project is still going. And it was her cousin's that were running it with me. Yeah. And Orla used to come down to Cove quite a lot and that's how I knew her and we lost contact over the years. And um, there was an email came in and it was because of the COVID numbers in December. It was a woman saying, uh, don't be bringing your kids to see Santa if they're under three years of age because they won't remember them. They won't remember the visit and you're making it hard for for other families. Yeah. Was that Orla? And Orla came in on the back of that email and said, you don't know what's going on in other people's yeah, homes. Yeah, yeah. And she told us the story that she, over a 10-year period, they were trying for kids. She lost six kids or she had six angel babies as she yeah, called them yeah, yeah, yeah. and eventually had Haley her and two daughters yeah. Haley and Chloe and what, what about all of those businesses that came together to make this happen I mean because the list of companies that came on board and individuals like you, you wouldn't see it in a royal wedding no you wouldn't and um, thank, that's all down to uh, thanks to uh, Dominic Dunn. He's part of the Southern Brides um, uh, WhatsApp group. And he uh, came to me, he said, will we organise a wedding for Orla, the one that she always wanted? And I said, we will. Yeah, so you it managed to be upscale big time from renewal of vows to a huge event that involved St. Coleman's Cathedral um, many people sang. Uh, there was people who uh, were on board for photography. Um, there was people on board. I see the Cork International Hotel organised a family uh, date night. Um, there was a videographer organised. Uh, what am I looking at here? Loads and loads of wedding cars were provided. Uh, Fiona Kennedy performed at a drinks reception. Spray tans were done. Nails yeah. were done. Makeup was done. Flowers were done. Bouquets, flower decorations. I know I'm missing off an, an awful lot. A trace of cakes got on board for a wedding cake. Um, what, what, it's just astonishing the amount of people who got involved. Uh, suits Direct also offered suits as well. Um, DJs were put on board for um, uh, entertainment. You know, there would have been kids there, so there were magicians there. 
Vienna Woods Hotel got on board. It was incredible, wasn't it? It was because, like, Orla came on and she wasn't looking for anything. No. And um, she's a great community activist and she did a lot for the girls' club, the, the Cork Cancer Support Group. And it was just that for her, the shock um, diagnosis that she had uh, lung cancer that would normally be found in an elderly person. Yeah, I know, Miss Fort. And they didn't know how long she had. It was about making memories ah, and making making memories for the kids. So they have a memory box with everything that uh, they've done now since last September. Um, so oh. she had a brilliant day on the fourteenth of March. She did. Yeah, Neil uh, was there. Husband Haley was there. Chloe was there. Extended family and friends were there. It was a, it was an incredible achievement. And you are right. She leaves wonderful memories of that day yeah. behind her, in spite of the obviously devastation of the family. You went to the removal and to the funeral. Yes, um, like the the amount of people that were at both. It was just. Unbelievable, um, and it, it it's a mark of the woman herself, and like she was described uh, as a beautiful young mom who was always there to help others, which she was, and uh, like she was she was just a breath of fresh fresh air. Um, she was a funny woman, wasn't she? She was. <laughs> Do you remember? I'm she putting had it on the record now, and my husband better get on board. I want to renew my vows ASAP. <laughs> but the, the other thing is, well, she caught you a beaut and she caught me a beaut as well. Do you remember back in March? We easy were, catch me. We were full sure that she was going to wear um, that manu- or that Liverpool wedding dress walking That's down right. the aisle. Yeah, yeah, she sent me a photograph of it. I'll never forget it. <laughs> and we're kind of going, what the... She's- She'd have looked well in anything she wore because she was a stunningly beautiful woman. Um, Talk to me now about, and this is very, very sad and quite moving, I think, because she was going to Garth Brooks this weekend. She was. And and didn't make it the misfortune. No, and um, Neil uh, spoke to me on at the removal and he says, look, I have a pair of tickets for Garrett Brooks. Um, they're seated in the upper tier. Um, Orla wouldn't want those to go to waste. Saturday night's concert. Orla's can, seats. Yeah. Can you take them and give them to somebody deserving because that's what she would have wanted. Aren't they an amazing family? Even in death, they think of others. Yeah. And I have those tickets here in front of me. Orla's Orla Flavin's two Garth Brooks tickets and in memory of her and at the wishes of her husband Neil we'll do that a little later on this morning in her memory yeah yeah okay so we give some thought as to how we might give those away to a deserving cause or individual and see where we go with that a little later on okay Seamus thanks for popping in I know it's a, an emotional time uh, and notwithstanding the fact that Seamus uh, knows the family and knew her but also because of the incredible work that was done last uh, December uh, when she was on air with Mick to turn that around in 24 hours with the generosity of so many businesses and I've only mentioned a few my apologies to those that I missed out on but it was an incredible act of generosity and the family will never forget you all for it Yeah, I just mentioned there Neil um, it was very special as well because Orla lost her mother in June 
So it was good to have her mother there and her mother witness the kind of day that they always wanted. The outpouring of emotion and support and generosity. Because when they got married uh, originally, it was down in uh, Gugambara and they just had a, a small gathering, whereas this could have been the celebration that she always wanted. And it and was. And her it whole was. family were there. And it was. Well said, Seamus. Thank you for that. Uh, we'll come back with regards to Orla's Garth Brook tickets in her memory a little later on this morning. You can text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Courts Red FM. Just on the topic of the Michael Collins statue, based on the iconic photograph of him riding his bike, and of course it's one of the most uh, published and reprinted photographs of all. Uh, Neil, a proud, proud Corkonian herself, has absolutely no issue and says it's a no-brainer as to where the statue should be, she says, by email to Neil at redfm.ie she says the Michael Collins statue should be placed outside the Imperial Hotel where he spent his final night before his assassination Pembroke Street the newly pedestrianised street was originally the hotel's main entrance and it was the main entrance at the time and where he was last seen in the city so I can see why you would suggest it Neave, because I didn't even think of that I was you know, thinking rack and where would it work but absolutely I see the association between Collins Pembroke Street and the Imperial Hotel. Good idea. I wonder if anybody else would agree or perhaps suggest somewhere else. Text 0868104106. Can I just say, because I want to, if he's held on there for a while, I want to get him on the air. These days, as you go about uh, your walks, whether it's in the city or the suburbs or whatever the case may be, or in county towns, you're never too far from a syringe or a needle or the detritus of heroin addiction uh, and all of the paraphernalia that comes with injecting uh, heroin. I want to go to Fermoy. Damien, good morning. How are you? How are you not? Saw your video. Where were you walking? What did you see? I was I was bringing the small lad to crash yesterday and I was just coming up there by the, we'll say just short of the entrance to Rackarrick there. Is and that a housing estate in Fermoy? Yeah, be a housing estate. Yeah, it has two entrances really, a top and a bottom. Um, but uh, yeah, I met an individual on the way up who gave me a heads up of what was up in the the footpad ahead? What do you say? Be so, careful with but yeah, you walk just on. basically mind basically mind your step kind of thing. And um, yeah, so I went up in anyway and I, had, I could see for myself there. There was about I'd say five or six syringes, three with needles. So yeah, I dropped the young lad into crash anyway. I just took a quick video and yeah, and actually that individual was um, had told me that they were in the process of calling the guards as well. So. So those um, syringes had the needles attached, you're saying? Three of them did, yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's, they're, they're big housing estates with, with kids who should be able to go out and have a bit of a natter or kick a ball with their pals, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the, 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 where I was dropping the small lad as well as the creche, like that creche is no more than 50 metres away from those syringes. Like. It's an awful situation, isn't it, for people who... Uh, you know, spent good money on houses and look after their estate and everything and bought them because they were safe and place, nice places to live, having to put up with this kind of... So they're like... With the, have you ever seen anybody shooting up in the area? I've never seen it, actually. I was asked this yesterday as well, actually. I've actually... I wouldn't have thought that that would be in Formali anyway. Like, I know in saying that... The world we live in today, I'm not surprised either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't be surprised because there's nowhere now exclusively the zone of heroin. It's everywhere. It's everywhere, exactly. Yeah. Don't even know who be tasked with picking that stuff up. And that's and you know what? That, that's the thing, like you're looking at three needles there yesterday and 
you're thinking somebody's going to have to remove them, you know, and like you're thinking there, you could have a good Samaritan of a kid come out there and thinking, oh, I'll move that or, do you know what I mean? Like, Well, I play with it. It looks like a saber. Yeah, well, it looks yeah, like a toy. Yeah. And stick it you in know. someone or stick in him or herself. Her, him or herself. Did, did, did you say anything to your kids? Like, to, would, the, would, the, would the parents be warning children about things like this? Um, I wouldn't. Have, well, up until yesterday, I wouldn't have thought they'd have to for something like that. But you know what? Like, as, as I was saying, like you could have a you could have a youngster coming out on his way to school there and just going, "Oh, geez, I'll put that in the bin or something." But like, I suppose you kind of have to teach him now, don't I you? I think so. I think you got to say something, and particularly if a parent with children walk past something like that and the child wonders what it is, you know, they what should be warned exactly, as yeah. to exactly. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. Yeah, I know, I know. It's sad, isn't it? It really is very sad. Ah, it is. Like, yeah, you know, you don't, you don't expect to see, especially what eight o'clock in the morning. You don't see, to, you expect to see three needles and syringes around the place. Well, I suppose they shoot up under cover of darkness, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, okay. But you're like, I said, you know, the way they're scattered in as well, it's no accident either. You know, there's obviously like a, a no fear there as well. You know. Well, there's also, unfortunately, um, Damien, a serious addiction that they have absolutely, that they're slaves to the stuff, you know, and it's all about just getting the next fix into their arm. That's the sad part of it all. They're human beings at the end of it, you know. That's it, like, you know, and as I I was kind of saying yesterday as well, like, you know, anything could, we all know what, what was in it, but we'll say you could have, if you found one on the ground and it was a medicinal you'd still be kind of annoyed because it's still a needle that's been inside someone that's sitting on the floor in Absolutely. front of you, you know? Absolutely. Listen, thanks for taking the call. Stay safe. Appreciate it. Have a good day No today. problem. Thanks for that. Brian doesn't necessarily agree with all of that. He actually, his text reminds me of uh, community action groups back in the, I think they were back in the 90s, the community action groups, where literally people in Cork marched against dealers and actually protested outside dealers' homes at the time. Now, Brian says, disgusting excuses for human beings. And of course, the excuse would be that they're addicts, uh, but do alcoholics smash bottles all over the place? No. What we need now is parents against drugs marches again to run the filthy, dirty dealers out of our communities. Thank you for that. And it just moves me along very nicely to a quick email with regards to dirty uh, people. Uh, Paul Byrne was in touch from Cove. He's a resident of Cove. He says, I frequently walk about the public walkways, a particular one down in Cove called The Rock, which many people would use to access, say, for instance, the cathedral. And he says, these are main walking areas used by locals and tourists and visitors ashore from the many visiting cruise ships. He says, I am no way negating or criticising the work and the effort made by the volunteers of the Tidy Towns Group. If it weren't for their efforts, the streets of Cove would be ankle deep in unacceptable filth. But it's not up to volunteers, and indeed Paul himself, who is a volunteer, to be picking up discarded fast food containers, plastic bottles, alcoholic drink cans, carrier bags of domestic waste just left behind. That's the function of the local authority, to cleanse the streets daily, but this is not happening. He goes on then to talk about cruise ships and the arrival of departures of tourists. When those vessels are due, a reasonable effort should be made to ensure the main streets here are reasonably clean. I I agree with that, but I don't think it should be for tourists, to be honest with you. But anyway, he says, I often take bags on my walk and pick up litter and put it in a litter bin. It takes all of 10 minutes to do. 
God knows businesses are paying high rates and householders are paying house tax. The very least we should expect to see for our tax are the streets in a clean condition. He says, I picked it up anyway. He says he was down around that area looking at so much trash. Picked it up, disposed of it. And this was at 11.45 in the morning. Um, he goes on then to talk about those that should be paid to do it or are being paid to do it. But he says there's there there are different locations in Cove where yobs congregate nightly, swinging, swilling cans, bottles of alcohol, smashing the bottles when empty, eating junk food, smoking cigarettes, including marijuana, a bag of which I found at the Rock recently, placed it in the litter bin, and the ground is constantly strewn with discarded litter. Some people will want to get off their backsides, come out of their cosy offices and take a little walk about in Cove and see the filth that greets many a visitor. Whoever awarded any kind of tidy town title to this place needs urgently to visit Specsavers, says he. Uh, thank you for that. And that's from Cove, rather critical of the state of affairs with litter in Cove. And of course, it's the, it's your own locals that are doing it like, you know, it really and truly is. Mind you, you talk about people congregating. Interesting stuff happening on Leaside yet again this year. Texter says, morning. My eyes have nearly popped out of my head this very moment, just on my way home from the dentist, and I passed Annie Max pub on the Bandon Road. Texter says, it's an absolute disgrace. There are at least 200 youngsters queuing up outside Annie Max to go in, and it's 9.25 in the morning. Clearly, it's Freshers' Week. Clearly, they are first, or they are first years, and clearly, with first years just starting college, this is party week. Brian, good morning. Can you hear me? Can you, good morning, Brian. Can, can you hear me? me? Now, good man. Yeah, I can indeed. So this is Freshers' Week. This is party week for first years, right? It's pandemonium, man. Pandemonium. Uh, you're, you're a local resident on the Glasheen Road. Why do you describe it as pandemonium? Talk to me. Ah, oh, there's kids up and down the road. There's hundreds of them. Can't even get to the shop. Can't even get up to centre for my breakfast. Well, what are you witnessing? I mean, what are they doing? Oh, it's not too bad, no. The guards have after to to town, but there's just hundreds of them. There's cans everywhere. It's just destroyed. They're destroying the community. Are guards there? Yeah, there's guards here now. They just arrived a few minutes ago. So that queue for Annie Max, are you saying they're drinking in the queue? I think so, yeah. From okay. what I've seen, I've seen cans everywhere. Okay, so a lot, a lot of litter. Um, I don't think it's, I haven't seen it now, but there's they're on security, so I think it's coming down small. But okay, but what time does Annie Max open at? Uh, I'm not sure. I'd assume eleven or twelve. Okay. What about other pubs in the area? Uh, they seem quiet enough so far now today, from what I've seen. Okay. okay. You wouldn't know. When you say it's getting worse and worse, is that worse and worse every year that passes? Is it? Um. I suppose you could say that. I think now after COVID, everyone's back at it. But I mean, every hour, there's more people. The whole way down the road. You've had cans thrown at your feet, you said in your text. Is that right? Yes, uh, there was a can rolled across the road towards my feet. All right. Traumatizing. Okay. Fed up of it. All right. Okay. Appreciate it. Mary, good morning. Good morning. Are you a resident of the area? No, no, just passing by, coming back from the dentist. I actually thought I was seeing things. Now, I do listen to your radio every morning, and I do listen to all what goes on around Barrick Street, Bandon Road, but I thought it was exaggerating. What did you see? I mean, like, 
it's, it's, fr- it's Freshers' Week. It, it, it's first years. It, it's it's what they do apparently. You know. Uh, Twenty five minutes past nine in the morning. Queuing, yeah, queuing to get into queuing. the pub when it opens. I suppose they feel if they don't queue, they won't get in. There'll be so many trying to get in. Have you seen any mass pub? Well, I've passed it, but I haven't. I didn't see it this morning. Well, you should go up and have a look. Well, tell me, you pa- tell me, you passed it. What did you see? I'm in shock, total shock. So many youngsters, at least 200, if not more, queuing up outside Annie Max at 25 minutes past nine this morning. Yeah, I know, I know. That's I know. a disgrace. Yeah, yeah. That's an absolute disgrace. And I'm not approved by no means. I just can't get over it. I'm shocked. It's not, it's not the first time, though. This would happen every year around this time, wouldn't it? That's not normal. Yeah, yeah. That's not normal. Well, the downside to it is you've got to wonder what kind of condition they'll be in by late this afternoon or tonight. Exactly, exactly. And what time do the pubs open at? Around, yeah. a, around a, I don't know, I was going to say around 11, half 11 kind of thing. Would it be earlier than that? have no idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just can't get over this. Anyway, had to put my word in, my spoken, okay. and just let the you, public you, know what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just find it sad, or are you angry? Oh yes, I do actually. Sad. I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There are lots of old elderly people living around there. That's an old area. Uh, it's Freshers' Week. Uh, something different happens every single day, and I'm quite sure that they're spilling into the city then at night as well. Um, you know, that's that's college life in first year. They're having a day party in Animax today. There's a, a Facebook page up saying uh, doors open 11 a.m. Animax day party. So there's probably some sort of a gig on there this morning, you know. Where are they all going to go? I don't know how many you'd get into Animax. Have you any idea? No, I've never been in Might there. Might have a big, big, big beer garden in there, perhaps. Interesting. Anyway, I'll pop in today and have a look myself. Thanks for that. You passed and you saw it. Cheers. Thanks to okay. both of you. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. We're a college city and this is uh, an annual event. I'm corrected though. I'm told that it's not Freshers Week. It's Sophomore Week, which would probably be second years. Uh, I don't think that uh, Freshers Week is anytime soon, but it's it's second years that are that are out celebrating today. Drove down Bandon Road at a quarter past nine. Uh, the place is thronged with students waiting for off licences to open. Not sure if they'll be on the poverty march on Saturday between hangovers and the colds that they'll get in their kidneys from their skimpy outfits. Keep those texts coming. Text uh, 0868104106. Lots then on different topics of conversation, including energy. Uh, we will survive without lights on in the city. Uh, even no lights at home. It's not ideal. It sucks. But if we can't afford to boil a kettle at home without risks of blackouts, why we should why should we have Christmas lights in the city? Don't misunderstand me. I don't want to not see the lights. I love Christmas. Love the decorations. But a cup of tea risks a blackout, they say. 
that I don't see lights in the city as necessarily it's necessary when they don't give us anything more than a nice feeling. Uh, it would be a better feeling to have hot food and heating. Uh, one final one on this this side of ten. I hear everything about gas and electricity, and while all that is a good thing, I'm wondering uh, what are people like myself going to do? We have oil heating in our house, no open fire. So how are we supposed to heat our house? Uh, I'm not well. I had a coat on most of the summer without getting into my own personal story. But what about the elderly who constantly suffer with the cold? As I'm sure you're aware, the elderly feel the cold more than you and I. But the home heating oil issue, well, that's doubled in price and no one is speaking about that. Well, I think we are talking about fuel in general, the cost of fuel, whether it's electric, whether it's gas or whether it's oil. But extraordinarily then on top of that, the price of unleaded petrol continues to drop which I think is kind of weird. And a lot of texts on that with regards to the various prices uh, of uh, petrol on Leaside. I mentioned one yesterday out around the Forge Hill area, 172 a litre, which is a good 10 or 15 cent cheaper than many other garages on Leaside. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Back to the phones in a moment. Lots of texts coming in this morning on different topics already. The statue of Michael Collins that will be erected on Leaside in the city. I was asking people, where do you think it should be placed? And of course, Neil was saying by the Imperial Hotel where he spent his last night. Uh, another one here. John from the north side said, for me, there's only one place for a statue of Michael Collins. The Grand Parade. Uh, another person says, I'm thinking about Dawn Square for Michael Collins, or down the other end by the library, as John was saying, down Grand Parade Way. It would be great there, as the footpath is lovely and wide. He's in a nice place here in Clon by the church already, says Marie in Clonakilty. The Michael Collins statue should be placed outside the Imperial Hotel, where he spent his final night before his assassination. Um, so another person agreeing that round about the Imperial could be a place to go. Text 0868104106. Some lovely text coming in on a little tribute we did to the late Orla Flavin this morning. Uh, I'm absolutely bawling. Hands off to Seamus and the staff for everything they did for Orla and her family. I agree with that. Uh, listening to Neil talking about the Garth Brooks tickets that were belonged to Orla, uh, perhaps people should uh, bid for them and the money should go to the Irish Cancer Society, says Gina. Uh, morning, I just caught the end of the piece about Orla Flavin and her fight with cancer. Last year, you know, they did a Christmas photo shoot for memories and I was helping out. My friend was the photographer and I told him I wanted to do my bit. So I do Santa in my local areas, or Santy as I say. Uh, I called and surprised them as Santa Claus. The two little girls melted my heart. I did make a promise to Orla that I would call next Christmas if she was well, but I guess not. But I would love to keep my promise to Orla nonetheless, says Mike. Well, why don't you do that, Mike? Just chat with Neil, uh, Orla's husband. I'm sure he'd love to see you and the family would love to see you again this Christmas. One final one. Pass on our best wishes to Orla's family from Nathan and all at the Everyman Theatre. What a lovely, strong lady she was. So thank you, thank you for all of those texts. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. I was corrected with regards to college students up around the Bandon Road area. Uh, the parting you're talking about on the Bandon Road is not first years. My daughter isn't even starting her first year of college until the 26th of September. 
can't come on the air love the show um, and then listening to your show regarding Freshers Week my daughter just did her leaving and won't start UCC till the 26th so the students parting are not first years uh, and others like that why, why is it a disgrace as people suggest what's the problem with students they don't cause problems they're probably still enjoying the novelty of being able to leave legally drink so please leave them off uh, I know it's a bit of a tight wear, tight rope act uh, for me year in year out we are a college city we have many many thousands I think north of 20,000 students uh, on Leaside of an age where they have to have their freedom and have to socialise and party. It's easy for us to say when you don't live near it. Um, Anthony, good morning. Hi, Neil. Just how wondering, how, how big is any Max? It's not that big of a pub. Like, they have a, a bear garden out back, but it's not it's not hugely big. Okay. It's not okay. going to fit the amount of people that are up there right now. So maybe that's why there's the queue. Any Max control the amount of people that can get in. And if you're not in a queue, you won't get in. Well... They'll control it to an extent. They'll have people in there like sardines, eventually. But there's no way, even the amount of people that are there right now, they won't get all of those people in. Okay, have you seen the queue? Yeah, I drove past. I just sent you a picture on WhatsApp as well. Yeah, I saw some videos and photo sh- shots uh, popping up on my screen. Was that was that from you? Um, yeah, I would have sent you one. Oh, and would there be the same in other pubs in the area, like Barrack Street, Bandon Road kind of thing? Would there be the same outside the off-licenses? Well, what will happen is, when they don't get into Animax, they'll go across the, the road to Sissy Young's, or they'll go down the road to Mox, or they'll make their way down Barrack Street and Bandon Road throughout the day, and then into town at night. That's how it, how it operates. Guard of time has been taken up on this, isn't it? Uh, I see in your photographs that there's some guards and flak jackets. There's one paddy wagon there. Um, it looked as if there was another one heading up there as well when I drove down College Roadway. But, like, there's more people coming towards Animax from College Road now as well. They're walking up. So, but the, the but they're, there. On the, they're on the roads as well. I mean, what's the story with traffic? Oh, they're spilling out onto the roads. Cars are half jam on their brakes. Like... I nearly knocked someone down because they just walked out in front of me. You know. Are they drinking though? Yeah. Yeah. They all have cans and bottles of beer and the whole lot. And, and what do you make of the... Because I'm trying to be fair to young people. They need to be able to party. I'm not so sure queuing for a pub at half nine in the morning is the way to go. But they need their freedom, right? They do. Like, I'm only mid-twenties myself. And, like, they need to be able to party, but... That's just outrageous. There is no need for what's going on up there now. Like, the picture I sent you, that's just a fraction of the queue. It goes all the way down, I think that's Glasheen Road, so there's like a fork in the road. I drove down Magazine Road, and there were people going down Magazine Road, and more walking up from College Road, and then all down Glasheen Road is just pandemonium. Cars are stopped. They can't get through because of the amount of people that are there. What do you They're think it's going to be like later trying, on? Yeah, the guards are what? The guards are trying to push them back up onto the footpath, but it's just not helping because there's not enough space on the footpath for the amount of people that are there. Yeah. Have you seen it in previous years? Never as bad as this. Yeah. This is the worst I've ever seen. And this is sophomore week. What, what's that about? That To me, that's an American term. Is that second year? That has to be new because when I was in college, we, it was only freshers week and rag week. So they're, they're coming up with new ways to just party. 
but like it's the college students then will be the first ones to complain that they don't have enough money or they don't have enough support or this that and the next thing as well like and look at what they're doing right now yeah but we don't want to li- we don't want them to live like monks and nuns though you know Jesus no but they're gonna it's Wednesday there's no need for the amount of people that are outside any max of a Wednesday morning maybe it's a case that there's no need for such an early start like exactly I know what you're saying they'll be partying now for the whole day yeah yeah, and yeah. they'll start when Animax opens if they can't get in there they'll go to a different pub and then the people that are sick of Animax will cross over to the other pubs and they'll make their way down Barrack Street they'll go into town and then after that they'll all go back to their houses and party in their houses again so it'll continue up until 4, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning I know, I know God, there'd be some price to pay. Yeah, I know. I guess we were all young once, but there'd be some price to pay tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon when they wake up. But maybe that's the price you willingly pay as a young person, you know? With most of those guys, most of the people that are there right now, Thursday is always like a college night out. Yeah, yeah. And they'll just continue on into Thursday and keep going. Okay, well, we got a response from Michael Coffey from Animax, who says he's just way too busy to take a call on air. However, he says that they were totally blindsided at Animax by the amount of people who turned up to their party. There's a party today. It was advertised. He says they've been queuing since half past eight. Even before he arrived to the pub, they were queuing. He says they have six to seven staff on the door and ten inside working on the crowd but there isn't a chance that they'll fit them all in. He says a lot of them have made their way to Sissy Young's across the road already and that the Gardaí have been very patient and understanding. He says they just got totally caught by the amount of people there. Could I, could I see that ad again? How would you respond to that, Anthony? Well, it's true in a sense. Like he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be lying in saying that because everyone that either goes to college in UCC or CIT and they make their way down Barrack Street, they'll know how small Animax is. Yeah. It's a tiny, tiny pub. Yeah. They like, said they got it, blindsided by it, right? But yet they advertised it on social media as Animax Day Party with Sean Wallace. I guess he's a jock, right? Uh, 14th of September, doors open 11 a.m. So... Yeah. They posted it on social media, but like, how much of a following do they actually have on social media? Look at their followers. They probably expected a couple of hundred to show. Maybe so in their they, defense. They yeah. might fit maybe 80 to 100 people. Maybe. Okay. okay, okay. Apparently, they're now going to open at half past 10 because of the queues, by all accounts. Yeah, they have to. They have 334 followers, but... You know, all you need is a few students to get it and they share it. And before you, this is clearly what happened, you know. Word got around, like the Bush Telegraph, yeah. you know. Definitely. All right, my man, listen, thanks for the update. Thanks for the photographs. Cheers, Anthony. Take care. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Keep those texts coming on all the different topics this morning. Text 0868104106. I just want to revisit because businesses have been sending me screen grabs of their utilities bills. Sometimes it's gas, sometimes it's electric, sometimes it's both. And one of the more extraordinary ones came with an email attachment uh, yesterday from Shane Spillane. He has O'Connor's Seafood, Wolftone Square in Bantry. And the last time I spoke on air with Shane's good guy was uh, to chat a little bit about how his restaurant is autism friendly. 
particularly for autist children on the autism spectrum coming in with their families. But he must have got one hell of a shock when he got his Panda Energy uh, electric bill there recently. He joins me by phone. Shane, good morning. Neil, how are you? I hope you were sitting down when you got that bill. Yeah, it was a bit of a fright, all right, yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay, so Panda now are exiting the Irish market, as you know, so you've got to find another provider. But just before yeah. I talk to you about that, the bill is for 65 days of electric? Yeah. What is the amount? Uh, €9,045. You know that works out at €138 Euro per day? Yeah. Nine grand for two months. I mean, I looked at the bill because I thought, ah, yeah, but there must be um, um, uh, an amount of money carried over from the last period. No. But there's not. No, 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 no. That's, that's for its entirety for the 65 days, yeah. 9,045 euro for electricity. Yeah. So even the bill previous to that, 65 days before that, was 6,450. But the one previous to that was 8,500. So it's just been... Crazy, like so. For first six months of of electric, we've we've nearly done thirty thousand. Well, twenty seven, twenty six thousand that way, you know. But how can you pay that? Sure, you know, it's 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 impossible. Like it's it's impossible. Like you know, you need. We're we're open for no reason. Like you know, any any profit is is completely paid for for bills like this. You know. And tell me, what would it have been twelve months ago? You know, we're looking at 9,000 this time, 6,500 the last two months, 8,500 the two months before that. Do you have a bill for 12 months ago? Yeah, so I actually just, I, I ruled it out before I came on. Um, so it would have been between 3,200 and 4,500 would be the max for, for that. So it's gone up 100%. It's gone up over 100%, more like 110 or yeah. 115%. Yeah. And would you say this yeah. is typical of businesses, particularly... You know, you have gas to pay. Kitchen's probably gas, is it? Yeah, so, yeah, our kitchen is LPG gas as well, yeah. So, for example, our gas, we used to we used to get gas bottles in for 64 euro a gas bottle. Now they're going up to 124 or something like that. So that just gives you another example of just the, the, the amazing cost price or hikes, I should say. You At know? least doubled. Have you been able to tinker with the menu prices? Um, we held off as long as we could um, with the menu, we, um, but we only upped stuff maybe 10-15% top. So we had a full Irish breakfast, for example, for a tenner, it's gone to 11 euro. We had a mini that was eight that went to nine euro. Small, small increases, you know, because uh, like, you know, there's no point of passing too much on to the co- uh, consumer because they just won't come in. You yeah. know, you, you have to, you have to. But be those smart, little yeah. increases, do the, does, your, does your consumer, your clients, do they understand the reason? One hundred percent, and you know, and they they see it in their own electricity bills, they see it in their own shopping. You know, every, everything has just gone crazy. You know, and it's it's very hard to maintain at current levels. You know, it's just it's it's impossible. You know, but you know, you know, businesses are going to go to the wall. I'm not suggesting 100%. yours will, but there'll be many won't be able to pay that bill. No, 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 not, not at all. We're we're lucky enough that we're in kind of volume territory, as you say, because we can we can turn over in the summertime maybe between four and five hundred people a day, which is which is great. You Good know? God, that's fabulous. Uh, 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 and we, and we can cover that. But like, if if it's cafes or if it's you know takeaways, shops, and they have big bills, like it's very very hard to 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 cover them. It's very hard for us to cover them bills as well. But it's you know it's you will see businesses go to the wall. Yeah, absolutely. But. If it's that now, because that period would have been July, August. Could you imagine mm. what 
November, Winter. December, January, February yeah. is going to be. Yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. Like we we made it out of it can, continues on this trajectory. We're looking at about seventy five to eighty five thousand euro in electricity bill alone for twelve months. So add your gas to that. You're talking well over a hundred thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Before you before you put a plate of food on the table. Yeah, yeah. Will you be able to maintain that? At that current rate, I don't think so. You know, like if if it continues like that into March and April, we will do very well to to remain open. You know, that's so sad, isn't it? Mm, I will absolutely. absolutely well, what do you make of the political will to help? Then they're talking about you know some sort of energy credits where the vast majority of the public want them to freeze the cost, give them a guaranteed amount, including businesses want that. Would that make well, more sense? That would make more sense because if they do, we'll give you X amount of credit. Like that all depends on size of premises. That all depends on how big your business is. You know, if if they if they turn around to us, we'll give you fifteen hundred euro off your next. But that's a waste of time for us. You know, we we need to to get it back down to prices what they were before. You know, fifteen hundred euro won't cover anything. Like you know, and it's and it's these like I don't know. I'm just I'm just very frustrated. I understand. I'm probably wondering what the budget will bring and what kind yeah. of impetus or what kind of plan will be brought for. Households and in these businesses, um, because right now you don't know. They were talking about going back to sort of pandemic payments to help businesses, uh, not just to pay bills, but also to pay their staff. A type of a pop scheme brought back for the energy crisis, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they'll have to do something. I don't know what it is. I don't have the solution, but but like... Uh, they'll have to do something like the likes of uh, Electric Ireland, their government body, uh, government body owned. So they're making profit off this as well, the government. So it, it just, it, it baffles me, to be honest, that yeah. we've, we've got to this stage. You, you must know? feel very let down. Um, added to the fact that some of the bills that people have been sending me have um, arrears on them, you know. So you can imagine mm. that's getting worse for people. They're trying to pay oh. as much as they can, but they're building arrears. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're lucky enough that we're not in arrears, uh, but you know, it's I, there's, there's businesses here locally. I, I, I know that are, are are struggling with these things that that are very close to going to the wall. Like you know, uh, several of them, not just not just one or two. I can know. understand that. I hope that you're not amongst them, but uh, you know, let's see what happens in the future. But nine thousand and forty-five euro for sixty-five days electric only—it's yeah. just mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah, it, it it just doesn't make sense, you know. It, it genuinely doesn't make sense, you know. Like, like we we have to be turning over to to make that uh, to make that nine thousand back is about a hundred k gross, and and that's there's a hell of a lot of work in a hundred k gross to get that back, you know. I know. It just I know, yeah, I know, I know. In that same period of time, okay. Yeah. Well, hang in there, and thanks for taking the call, Shane. Do stay in touch. Thanks, Neil. Cheers. Okay, and but bear in mind that's July, August when there's a lot of daylight earlier in the morning and later in the evening. Imagine what it's going to be like in the middle of winter. Text 0868104106. Panda Power is all over the news today that they're pulling out as a concerned customer. I contacted them this morning and they denied it and said a statement will be released shortly. Just wondering, has anybody intel on this? I have no intel on that because that is not the statement that was released yesterday saying that they were pulling out and people who were customers of Panda would move to other providers. You're automatically flipped, apparently. That's the way it works. So that comes as news to me. Uh, back to the phone lines. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. What do you make of that? Nine grand for 60 days in a, a restaurant in Bantry. Yeah, but 
Yeah, but uh, how much of that is uh, owned by the 4% who owned 4% of the ESP? The private enterprise. What do you mean and by that? You mean, and, well, there's 4% of GSB owned uh, by somebody else. It's not owned by DSB. It's not owned by the government. So who owns it? Who's making the money off of the, the, the woman who's afraid to put on the kettle now to make a cup of tea to keep herself alive? Well, they're saying that the energy providers, the likes of Panda or Airtricity or Energia, aren't making huge profits. It's who well, they get it well, from am- are making the profits. Well, that's amazing because the head of DSSE is out to give themselves four and a half million uh, euro pay rise. You know, yeah. So tell me, uh, like wind energy is wind energy. It can't go up or can't go down unless the wind the debate uh, disappears completely. So like, uh, how could the, the price of that electricity go go, go But how so much high? of it is wind, though? Yeah, well, why why isn't it all wind? I mean, we have we have a government that's totally gangrenous. Mm. You know. Mm. Totally gangrenous, and and because you have a situation, they're giving people a sop three times a year, and I was to help them with their with their energy bills. Yet the government are taking the vast offers, and the company are taking the standing charge. Oh, so listen, you can be people. sure, so, but the, he's so, got a, so he, so he has ca- to pay a PSO levy on yeah. that. He has to pay a standing yeah, so, yeah, charge yeah, yeah, on but, that. He has to pay nine yeah, percent yeah, VAT of a thousand yeah, euro right, on that. Yeah. yeah. So, so between the government and, and, and the energy company, they're carving the people up between them and, and, and the government's uh, idea is to give people... A uh, 200 euro euros. credit three times a year. Three times a year. No, no. The thing has to be capped. The prices have to be reduced down to uh, uh, a living... Uh, in common with the living wage. Here's what people want. Ca- people want the price of all utilities, gas, electric, everything to be fixed at last year's prices and locked in and then the government no, no, pay it, the balance no, it, to the providers. Even, even even last year's prices were a rip-off. They want to go around to 2017 or 2018 and cap, them at, and, and cap them at that. And you see, the problem what do we have in this country, you see, with a lot of companies is they're owned by uh, multinationals who don't have to open up their bookwork to the government to show the profits that they're making. You know, they're moving away now from Russian gas. They're, uh, Europe now is getting more Algerian gas and more Norwegian gas, apparently. And, but you look... But that's not seeming to impact on the price just yet. No, yeah, yeah but, but, but the, problem, the problem is, Neil, As we, have people, gas. We, yeah, we have people who are soaking the country. Uh, our own, I'm talking about, who are tied up with, with companies outside, third-party companies, and that information can't be divulged. The same as we have a lot of politicians who who opened up family uh, portfolios with their family involved, and they can't declare what they own because there's a third party involved. Yeah, but they've, 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 none of them have anything to do with controlling the cost of energy. But so how do we know what companies they're involved with? How do we know what their families are involved? Oh, with? you think they might be? They might have invested in wind power or something? Is it? They have, of course. When did you, when did you ever know that there was four percent of of a DSP that could be bought? But uh, as a share, yeah, I yeah. didn't hear anything about it. So yeah. they, I mean, that's a pension for life. But other European countries are doing similar to us. I mean, the Polish aren't too far off us because they're given a grant to households of six hundred and thirty euro yeah. to buy coal and, and heating oil and gas. Yeah. So yes, it's the same but, yeah, kind of idea. But their overheads aren't the same as as, as in Ireland. Oh, I know what we you're are, saying. Yeah, yeah, pro rata, like, it would be a lot more. No, yeah. no. No, no, and, and they're, they're standing, listen, 
I've been through a lot of the of Eastern Europe when we were told that the blah blah and this and the whole lot and everything. They had a much stand, better standard than we had because they were paying less for what they were getting. So their six hundred and thirty goes a lot further for them than oh, it would for oh, us. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lost you there, Jim, but thanks all the same. We covered a lot of ground. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. My apologies. I called John Jim. Jim is actually online. One Jim, good morning. Hey, how are you? Why do you make I know I know it's a business account now, the seafood restaurant in Bantry. They have to find nine thousand euro now for an electricity bill for sixty-five days. Nine grand. Yeah. Yeah. So he, they're, they're putting him to the wall, Neil. He's, he's you know, they're just but shutting he, it down. But he had a great thought. summer, right? So n- not everybody would have had a great summer doing 200 covers a day. So they, there are many businesses clearly saying, we're very saddened, but we have to close. Well, so Neil, they're going to have a problem even with the extra few pence on their minimum wage. And we know, no, it's a miserable minimum wage. 80 cent. This, this, affects, this affects small businesses. Like he's in trouble. And so is a lot of other businesses in the country, we will see a lot of closures. They are going to close. And the government are doing that. Now, so why say, don't they cap it? Why don't they just cap it so that people know exactly how much and give them a fixed amount? In the UK, after you take off the £400, they'll pay no more than 2100 A lot of money, I know. But they were saying that if they hadn't capped it, it would have been 5000 people would be paying. But they agreed. It's greed. They're going to destroy the country because of greed. And until we get rid of that the bloody idiots above in Dublin. But why? There's nobody up, there, there's nobody what, up there doing it right. What kind of greed are you talking about? But it's commercial greed, Neil. I mean, look, the ESP is the, is the government thing. They own, the ESP is our government owns. Should they are putting that man to the wall? It's not like he, own, he owes money to, to to a bank or something else. He owes it to the government and the government are taking tax off mint stamps and rates. He's out of business and he's supposed to go in every day then with a smile. Mm. Mm. Come on, give the man a break. Must be a lot of anxiety and stress. I understand that there isn't households, but business owners must be absolutely the pinner of their coral over worry. Yeah, yeah. And like, how could you expect any man to go to work and, and be right? I mean, can you can he look at his choice? He's smart tonight and he'll say, I, I can guarantee you we're going to save our home. He can't. But maybe the government have a plan. Maybe, you know, they're doing this think tank business at the moment up the country. Um and they'll come up with some sort of an announcement that will, be, will, will at least take the pressure off people. Yeah, they will not. Listen, the government doing a lot of right stuff as well. And that's how totally negative on the road. Maybe the cities are lovely. You know, we're getting lovely parks for the kids. A lot, of, a lot of stuff is working. But this is the stuff that's just affecting the ordinary person, the working man. It's not effect- Like you watch, you know, when they come out on Christmas with the budget, they'll give money to the unemployed, the disabled, but they won't give anything to the working man. They'll keep him down. And if you keep pressing the working man, you're going to put him out of business. He's going to have to leave. Everybody gets hit by energy prices, including the the sick, the elderly and the unemployed. Uh, They do, but they get get, get their bags of coal and their ESP vouchers. The worker won't. You know, you're watching Finn. It was yesterday. They came out with their their, their, uh, idea that if we're earning 21,000, you get 500. If we're earning 25,000, you get 400. Rubbish. I didn't see anywhere. For the working well, family. Jim Fain said it's easy to be a hurler on the ditch. They're just saying it's not enough, but that they're bound to say that in opposition. The problem with the six hundred is people who don't need it will get it when it should be twelve hundred to the people who need it and zero to the people who don't. And 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 let's get this right: giving people free money to pay bills is wrong. 
the bills shouldn't be that high. Yeah. That's the bottom. What are they going to do in another two months? Are we saying now that for the rest of our life, we are going to be subsidising business? Because I can remember back in, going back 20 years ago, the EEC would have shot you for subsidising businesses. But what's you the problem no, with Poland? No, 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 I mean, we're, we're burning Polish coal here. Why, why would they have the same kind of problem as us when they've got the coal anyway? But so a ton of coal in Poland, Neil, is 190 euros, right? I don't know how many bags that is. Tear on the coal man that you have on there, I might tell you that, it's right? That's so a lot of coal for 190. Is it 20 or 25 bags? I don't know what the coal man will tell you, right? The same ton of coal in Ireland after it comes off the ship is, I think it's closing on 900 euros. So, oh, my God. So it's 190 leaving Poland. That's what you can buy from the shop, by the way, in Poland. We just say leaving Poland. A and when ton. it comes to Cork... It's nearly 900 a ton. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it'd take a long time to burn a ton's worth of coal at 190 euro a ton, wouldn't it? Uh, wouldn't in my house. I have a woman there. She should have walked on the train. 100 <laughs> years ago, she could be shoveling in and buying driving the sea, man. <laughs> You'll get into <laughs> trouble know, for that. Yeah, uh, I'd be all right. She, <laughs> she's going to be called this one, though. But no, look, it's wrong. And they know it's wrong. So somebody is robbing you. Let me just, there's a quick cure here, right? We got we to gotta do something with the people that are on power. They're not representing us. Our elected are wrong. And it's a very, we got a very simple policy here. 60 grand if you go to the, go to the doyle as a TD is enough for anyone. Anything over that, you're taxed to death. If you have a pension, no matter what pension you have in the doyle since you started, 60 grand you're entitled to, and anything over that, you're taxed at 99%. That'll get rid of the rats out of the doyle. Mm-hmm. You want to see them running for cover now? Mm-hmm. No, they're affecting us, and they're, putting, they're, they're freezing our old people, they're starving, they're putting our kids on the street. It's about time we've done something to them. Well, the poll out this and morning in the mail says people overwhelmingly want um, a tax on the energy providers and a cap on what people will pay this winter. I hope the government are listening to that. But a tax on the energy providers is more money for the government. I want a tax on the politicians. I want them out. They're no good to us. They're, and if we put in Sinn Féin, they'll do the same, they'll be no good. Okay. But at least if you go to government, Neil, right, and you go up, you should have no other business interest as well. Like Donald Trump them there, he wiped out all his business, he walked in. Anyone that goes up into the oil air yeah, well, should be paid for the work yeah, they're doing. Well, I, mean, I don't think comparing Donald Trump with ethics is the greatest thing in the world, is well, it? Well, yeah, probably not Donald Trump, but just what he done. He got yeah. rid of all his business interests and he became president for president. Well, he didn't. It's just anyone, other people ran it at the time. He also, I, I, he also apparently legged it with an awful lot of state secrets done to Mar-a-Lago, but that's for another day, I suppose. Yeah, well, look, they can do that if they want, but at least if they're removing the doyle and are committed to one job right. and one job only, we might, we might have something that works. Do you expect is, there to be many people turn out Saturday 2 o'clock on the Grand Parade? Well, I'll be there and I'll be talking to Tommy and Mick and they were, they were shouting about the minimum wage the last time at 15 euros. I didn't hear a thing on it. Come back to me yeah. on Monday then, will you? We'll chat some more about what happens Saturday afternoon, right? And I'll make, make sure none of them walk into the ice cream shop to get away from me. <laughs> okay, has happened All before. Right, okay, <laughs> nice one, Jim. Thanks. Text 0868104106. If there was a march against immigrants, you would call it a right-wing march. So why don't you call Saturday's march what it is? A left-wing march. When the left rises, so does the right, and the centrist politics get lost. Then we end up with extremists in charge and that never ends well. That's an interesting observation uh, from Paddy. You might inform uh, the man on the air with you recently that if you're not working, your council house costs €25 per week for all tenants, Irish tenants and non-nationals. Stop singling out non-nationals. I think it it varies, doesn't it? I don't think you can say, although you are saying, that it's a flat fee of €25 per week 
for all tenants in council properties. Uh, if there was an election due in the next year, the government's attitude and choice would be very different, says Frank. Interesting. And a lot then, uh, following up on my conversation regarding hotels and hotel prices uh, yesterday. We'll come back to all of those, but I'll stay with the phone lines for now. Jackie, good morning. Hello. What's the only answer? Oh, Neil, listen, I'm not, I'm not your educated girl here. You I'm, are educated enough for me. You have, you have street smarts and cop on. That's all it takes. Well, Neil, what I'm on is I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm dying to hear where are all the politicians with the answers on the radio station. Uh, I believe that I should have Michael McGrath on tomorrow because he wasn't able to talk to me earlier in the week because of this think tank there. But at. there's more than Michael McGrath, Neil. You're answering questions for them. You're the only, the only insight we're getting to anything. It's from you a lot and of your the, radio A lot station. of the other politicians really wouldn't have the uh, power or the authority to actually make any decisions. It's your, it's your Michael McGrath, Micheál Martin and Simon Coveney, really. They're the ones that can well, answer the questions. they'd want to fuck up now and they'd want to come on the radio station, Neil, because it's as simple as this. We're going to go to the stage that we're going to have our elderly people going to bed early in the cold because they're afraid to light their fires are afraid to use their ESB. We're going to have young children going to bed in the cold and getting up to the cold. Now, outside ESB, we have messages at the moment or or, or 30 cents on one product. Mm. You make up your, your trolley at the end of the week for any woman out there with four or five children, for any young couple that are paying mortgages mm. and paying babysitters and trying to feed and keep their children. And this ESP is an absolute joke. Yeah. Who's codding who? What the hell is going on in our country? It's an absolute disgrace, Neil. Yeah, well, I'll be and making... I'll I be making it's I'll, a disgrace. I'll be making those points, and hopefully I'll be making them tomorrow. And, and you're I welcome, hope you get answers, You're please. welcome to come I'll on the air and make and that I point to Michael McGrath yourself. Okay. And I certainly will be on to him because if nobody else have anyone to speak for the elderly or if anyone have no one to speak for the young outside yourself, I'm quite sure there's enough of mothers out there that will be glad to be on to him tomorrow morning. Okay, and hopefully that will happen, fingers crossed. I'm told that it will. Thanks, Jackie. We I might talk in the morning you. then, all right? Okay, thank cheers, you. girl. Take Bye-bye. care for now. Take care for now. Um, meanwhile, one of the topics that I touched on earlier on this morning was, of course, the death of the British Queen, Elizabeth and the period of mourning that's going on there at the moment and of course we're doing our bit as well. Michal Martin was north of the border um, and he was sitting next to uh, the British Prime Minister Liz Truss. He will travel to Westminster as will of many other heads of state but I was mentioning that at a county council level the independent councillor Danny Collins who's the mayor of Cork County was in chamber earlier this week where he said he had mixed feelings about the uh, flying of the tricolour at half-mast on Monday. Uh, Danny joins me by phone. Danny, good morning. Morning, Neil. Good morning. Morning, councillors. Why have, uh, councillor, why do you have mixed feelings? Talk about that. Um, look, number one, look, I do sympathise with the Queen's family. Look, um, I, I have great admiration for the lady, especially when she visited Ireland in 2011. She, like, you know, brought that extra unity between, the, between our countries. But I honestly believe, Neil, um, look, I think... Flying our flags, we 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 um, got a directive from the Taoiseach's office saying that we had to fly our flag at half mast on Monday next, um, the day of our funeral. And I think 
only time we should be flying our um, <coughs> flag at mass if one of the Irish, one of our Irish states people died. Um, we say our Taoiseach, our our, our president. Not, not, not. Like, does this mean like if there is a some politician died from Spain or and the states or whatnot? That we we always have to fly our half mass. That's 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 why I I asked the question. That's Has there I ever been a directive handed down by uh, the Taoiseach of the country in the past like this? I cannot I cannot okay. answer that now. Would quite honest, would it be honest. would it be acceptable to to lower the tricolour to half mast? Were it an American president or were it the Pope had died, for instance? Well, what you call it? I can't answer that question. To be quite honest, I'm only um, I'm only county mayor for the last two to three months. Um, oh yeah, but, but like, you know, you have an, impo- you have an like, important like, position. What was the yeah. vote? Was there so there was no vote as such? There it was, was a no directive. Vote, really, I I just I, um, there was a, a vote of sympathy um, put through forward in the sympathy vote was from a councillor, and while I was on the subject, I said I'd I'd, 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 I'd say to my fellow councillors that we had got this letter just to let them know that we got this letter from our teacher's office that um, Monday morning stating that we had to fly the flag half back. Is it, is it because we're not a 32-county republic and they occupy six counties of our island, is it? I honestly don't know what was his, his thinking on it. No, I'm thinking, is your, are your mixed feelings based on that, that we're an occupied no, I country? No, my, 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 my feelings is, what you call it, if but she wasn't. She, I'll be quite honest. The lady had no. I don't think any Irish blood in her. So why should we be flying our half our, our flag half mast for, for the lady? Oh no, you're entitled I, to your I, opinion, I, I, and, I, I, and there might be many who might agree with you. This is a democracy, but he would probably say that there are closest neighbours. Yes, but what you got like we, we we have great connections. I I don't think it ever happened, even if, if for the and any of the presidents that passed away from the United States, and we have great connections with the people from the states as well. Like and the, look. Uh, it's just my feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, like I, I said it. I said it. I listen. Councils know about that, but like we, we have to do it. It's a directive from uh, from the government, from the Taoiseach. So that's what we. And why to, would the county be. councils be obliged to follow a sitting Taoiseach? I mean, surely you'd have an element of autom- autonomy to make up your own minds, no? Well, uh, I was really like our, all like um, local authorities. We 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 rely on our our government to give us funding and whatnot. So, like, basically, they're over us at the end of the day, like, you know what I mean? When the order comes down, you have to obey it for fear of repercussions if you don't. But in the rebel county of County Cork, of course, uh, what do you think the general consensus and feeling of people would be? i be honest, I I asked people over the weekend because I I heard this might be coming down the line and I asked people on on the street their own opinion and the general consensus out there was they didn't think it should be what you call it. They've blown half mass. I don't mm-hmm. think any person I asked even said it should be blown half mass. I, I I don't think any person. Okay. But um, I, I I asked we said ten or twelve people during the weekend. What was their their feelings on it? And that that's the general what you call it consensus. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean the tricolours on Lee side came down on the day. Uh, that she actually died, including City Hall, Collins Barracks, and things like that. Uh, I think last I did get a phone call on it on the day, but you call it, would we do the same? And I said no at the time. Oh, you refused to do it at the time? Yeah, at the time, yes. Okay. And was that your call? That was my call. Okay, okay. Not not, no, not because it's, it's the Queen, but uh, because we shouldn't be doing I, I have the greatest respect for the lady, and I do sympathise with her family. 
but I, I, I like if it's a, if it's the same, I'd be the same if it was the the American president, or if it was the any other state person from any other country. I, my view would be the same. And what would you allow the tricolour to be flown at half mast for? An Irish dignitary only, is it? Irish dignitary, our 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 Taoiseach, our state person, as we say, our president, our Taoiseach, Dr. Bid. That you got it. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, I, I would, no problem there. Okay, I admire the courage of your convictions. You stand over how you feel in a world where everybody gets cancelled for an opinion. Let me see if others agree or disagree with you, Danny. Thank All you right, for thanks. taking the call. Thank you, Neil. Thank Cheers you. for now. The county mayor, Danny Collins, TD, nailing his own colours to the mast in spite of a directive, which is an order, really, from Hall Martin to get those flags down. They refused to do it in the county earlier in the week, but I guess they'll do it on Monday. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Keep those suggestions coming with regards to where a statue of Michael Collins should be erected in Cork City Centre because they've signed off it at a council. There will be a statue. It will be the famous bicycle um, photograph of Collins riding uh, his bicycle. So your thoughts on where that should be. I wonder what Michael Collins himself uh, would make of the flying of the flag at uh, half-mast for the British Queen. Maybe he would understand that with the passage of time, we need to move on. Maybe he could well be turning in his grave. Uh, incidentally, from yesterday's program, I chatted on air with Edward. Uh, many people picked up on what Edward had to say. Rose says, thank you for allowing this man to speak. It's much more than unfair. What's going on is criminal. We have to look after our Irish-born citizens. We have too many people here, many refugees. Or should I say, Neil, God help us all in this country if things don't change. So what exactly did Edward have to say yesterday? Well, here's a small snippet of it. People are, are, are going around saying that they're scared and they're terrified and anxious. But what they should be is absolutely, lividly angry. They should be fuming. It's that simple. They shouldn't be putting up with this, Neil. We should, like, we should not be in it. Like, we are the people and we're terrified of what our government won't do for us. Like, I'm sorry, all your walkouts and getting up and it will get nothing done. It will get nothing done. Tens and thousands of people need to take to the street. The country needs to be brought to a stop or nothing is going to change. People are afraid of their life. They're going to pay the thousands of oil gas bills that are coming in. They're going to do this because they're afraid. This is my experience. I found out from staff in there that the council and the, uh, the hotel management were all, like, were all working together. And when I spoke to the council about it, I basically said to the council, I said, look, I suppose our concern is that we're going to be moved from where we are now. Yeah. Um, where it's, 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 it's clean. We have our own, you know, like, again, I understand beggars can't be choose when you're in that position. But our concern was that we were going to be put into a, a dramatically lower level of accommodation, like less quality, you know, a, a bit crappier. The reply that I got to that was, you take what you're given yeah. and you'll go where you're told. Yeah. That's what I was given. And, and that was to bring in Ukrainians. I'd have to jump through every bloody hoop in the country over the course of 16 to 20 weeks to I get know, my hat. social with all these things finalised, whereas it's done almost overnight for the Ukrainians. When are the Irish going to stand up? When, when, when is enough enough? When is enough enough? I was Edward yesterday. He's dead right, Neil. I applied for a medical card and the amount of paperwork I got back to fill in was unbelievable. Here we have thousands of Ukrainians walking into this country automatically getting medical cards. How many of them had to fill in any amount of paperwork and forms that I got? I can answer that for you. Zero. Uh, that fella, Edward, is a legend. Couldn't have said it better. Uh, about what we should be doing on Saturday. Fair play to him, says Colin. Wow, that man Edward that's on the radio speaking so much sense. I'll see him Saturday, I hope. I'm going to be homeless early next year because my family home is being sold and I, as an Irish citizen, haven't a chance of getting a home. Uh, morning, Parky Cueve is full of non-Ukrainian refugees. How can we bring all of these people in and accommodate them? 
Uh, I'm not quite sure what you mean by non-Ukrainian. You're saying that the refugees in there is full of people who aren't fleeing war in Ukraine. Why is it, Neil, that when politicians or hotel owners, as yesterday, come on the air, you don't question a thing they say. Edward is telling you what's happening. You say you agree with them, but the next time, say, Hall or a politician comes on, you will laugh and joke about things, but never ask questions. Can't come on air, but it's time to stop believing the lies that politicians spew. Oh, listen, please. Oh, contraire, as Delboy would say. Um, I'm as big a cynic as anybody else when it comes to politicians and what they say. I don't believe I laugh and joke with them and don't ask questions, uh, but you're entitled to your opinion. Uh, The man is speaking the truth. I've never heard someone say it so perfectly. I was out of work sick for five weeks and couldn't get a penny social welfare, even though I'm paying my tax every year. We can't get HAP because the house we rented isn't registered. My partner couldn't get a Susie grant because he was 23 and they said it was dependent on his parents, even though he was renting for three years and has his own child. Every single thing we ever applied for, we have never got. There are people coming in here, get everything straight away. Everything is a fight for the Irish people. I'd sum it up by saying it is soul-destroying. One final one. Like yourself, I was always thinking romantically about having our country back to what what was right at 32 County Ireland. Let me ask you an honest question. If you're an Irish person living in Northern Ireland, would you agree to be leaving part of what still is the UK? I know Republicans living in Northern Ireland and they'd laugh at the idea. Have you ever thought about how much that was this would cost us in the Republic in financial terms if we had a 32-county Ireland? We couldn't afford to take on Northern Ireland. It's a shame for me as a proud Irishman to have to admit the truth. We can't manage what we have. How on earth could we manage six more? Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. And I have been mentioning across the week Autism Assistance Dogs Ireland, and they urgently need help to support their amazing dogs through the final months of the dogs training. And then they deliver the dogs to families with children on the autism spectrum who desperately need these dogs to help open up their world. And there is a donation uh, page on their website, should you wish to help. You'll be helping families, you'll be helping the amazing dogs through their final months of training. And they urgently need assistance to help do that, Autism Assistance Dogs. And you can donate at autismassistancedogsireland.ie. It takes nearly two years to fully train one of these amazing dogs, and it comes at a price. And can I say, this is an organization that is based in Cork. Now, many Cork businesses have come on board to provide them with prizes to give to me to give away, as I mentioned that you can donate and help any few Bob would help them. Autism Assistance Dogs Ireland.ie. Yesterday we had an overnight for two with dinner at the Roadstone Park Hotel. Today, lovely prize. Another lovely prize. A family photo shoot sponsored by Finbar Murray Photography with your own dog. So Finbar knows how to take family photo shoots and knows how to take family photo shoots where the pet is involved as well. So this has got to be worth uh, 500 euro all day long. You'll be presented 
with the photo, beautiful photographs, perhaps more than one. So a family photo shoot with your dog is today's price. And just before midday today, more calls, please. So text us. We have some beautiful stories about people's pet dogs yesterday. So it can be funny. It can be heartwarming. It can be sad. It can be nostalgic, whatever it is. But something to do with your dog, please. Tell us those wonderful stories. Um, some of them were quite funny yesterday. One of them was the, the story that won yesterday was just beautiful about a dog who had a really soft heart and saved a little bird's life from a cat from a cat and then licked the little bird back to life. It was a beautiful story. So text 0868 104 106 on that. A lot of texts built up uh, over the last few days conversations uh, with regards to landlords. Some landlords rent just covers the mortgage. And if work needs doing, they can't afford to do it. It's not like it's a council house where they ring them and they'll fix it straight away. Oh, really? <laughs> I wouldn't quite say that. Maybe if a landlord could ring the council and pay off a job monthly, it would work. Just an idea in the sense that uh, not all landlords can afford to do the extra work. It comes with the territory of being a landlord, though. It's your property. You must step up when tenants need intervention and help. Why doesn't someone or some homeless organisation in Ireland take a case of discrimination against this government? It's scandalous what's happening here. Don't give out my details, but I'm listening to the problems with regards to housing and landlords. I have a tenant on HAP in my property, and I've just found out that they have been renting rooms on Airbnb. I can't say it to them, as I'd be afraid that they'd wreck our house when leaving. So I need to think of a reason why they have to leave. There's no winning in it. Your back's to a wall on that one, but certainly what they're doing is wrong. They are taking advantage of their tenancy. I wonder if that's common, or is this just an isolated incident where you have somebody on HAP renting a property where HAP is paying the bulk of the rental every month and then renting out bedrooms on Airbnb. I can tell you one thing, if they are, your tenants are making some serious money on Airbnb and cash, it is cash too. And that actually is fraud uh, against the HAP payment that they're receiving. So I'm just wondering how you go about that. I imagine you should pick it up with HAP and let them know. Um, you could say it to the tenants. It would be, I would think, um, certainly a warning. Otherwise, give them ultimately notice to quit if they don't cop on. They're taking advantage of you and indeed the state. Just want to let you know that there are Irish people being put out of their rented accommodation in my locality to accommodate Ukrainians. And those that are being put out of their rented accommodation have nowhere to go. This is a fact. Yes, Edward was talking about that in quite some detail yesterday morning on the air. One is a family member who's been told to get out, who has lived 14 years in the accommodation. Another is a friend. They have done nothing wrong, only that they are Irish citizens. It's creating a bitterness against our visitors while we struggle more and more each day. I'm sure you must know all of this is going on, but I just wanted to reinforce your earlier callers from yesterday's programme, says Michelle, and thank you for that text. And just two or three more. Protests, including Saturdays, is a waste of time. The government doesn't take any notice of a lot of numpties with a few banners. It's not worth the paper on a toilet roll. They'd be better off getting the bus to y'all with a flask. More drastic measures are needed than a protest on a Saturday afternoon in the city, says Jar from Toker. Isn't it a bit rich for Mick Barry to now rail against the cost of living when he and his fellow people before profit TDs supported the government COVID spending, which caused this runaway inflation? If memory serves me right, by means of their proposed zero COVID policy, they actually advocated more spending. And a final one, the government currently in the ivory tower were not even voted in. 
People are scared and anxious when what they should be is angry. The government is not stepping in where they most certainly can step in to prevent these companies trying to do one thing, maintain their profits. That's why things have gone through the roof. Profit. Yes, there is a war and the costs are higher, but the companies are not taking a single cent hit of this. The hikes are because of these companies maintaining one thing, their profit. We need to all take to the streets on the 17th, take a leaf from the French. Governments were overthrown for less, you know. People need to stop being scared and anxious. People need to be angry. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of the people. And even more so when the current government wasn't even voted in by the public. So thank you for those texts. I'll endeavour to get some more on the air this side of midday. Text 0868104106. I'll chat with Burr after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Uh, yeah, mixing it up as best we can. But just one or two more just ahead of this before I move away from energy costs for a while. The ESB is 95% owned by the Irish state. 95% owned by the Irish people. Do I need to say any more, says Stephen. The big problem with this 600 euro credit if they do give it towards their energy costs is that all millionaires will get it too and that makes it sound absolutely ridiculous and a final one this is bizarre but a texter says I'm an Electric Ireland customer for years decided to change to SSE Airtricity last week they were giving me a 35% discount which was great they emailed me my contract and said their prices were going up 48% on the 1st of October they said I would have to pay it all, including the increase. I called them to see if the email affected me, and they said it did. So I decided to stay with Electric Ireland. So we found that bizarre, actually, that uh, bear in mind, if you're out of contract, you should really change your electricity or gas supplier. You will get it cheaper. I know it's bizarre, but they give huge discounts to new customers that they don't give to existing customers. So in the case of the move from electric to electricity, a 35% discount was offered. So everybody should be flipping. And go on to bonkers.ie to see what best offers are available. So we, we found it bizarre that she switched contracts, got a 35% discount, then got a second email saying, sorry, it's actually going up 48% and you've got to pay more. So she stayed instead with Electric Ireland. But we rang SSE Electricity at this radio station's program, or this program, because we couldn't believe it. And they said, no, that's a mistake. The 35% discount still applies. Somebody obviously got it wrong within SSE Airtricity because I found that extraordinary that they would do something like that. But they said no, uh, that the discount would apply and rightly so. Okay, text 0868104106. Burr, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Thank you so much for holding up in the county Kilkenny, but with a very strong Cork connection, right? Yeah. We we need to wind the clock back to, I guess, the early 70s, is it? Yes, the early 70s, okay. that's right. Yeah. You were one of four sisters. I was one of four sisters, the youngest of four sisters. Um, our mom, Maggie Kane, as we knew her, from Erlingford, outside Kilkenny. Um, Nora was the oldest. Then there was Kathleen, then Margaret, then myself. And as the story goes, um, I was born in a mother and baby's home in Dublin myself. Um, I was fostered down to Kilkenny when I was quite young. My aunt reared me up until the age of 18 um, when I left home. 
Um, but during um, my childhood years um, in my foster home, um, a lot of my true life story started to unfold. And uh, it, it began when I was actually nine, ten years old. Um, the years building up to when I was nine, ten. Um, my aunt used to um, bring me into Erlingford. We lived outside Johnstown. It was a neighbouring village. Um, she used to bring me in to visit um, this lady and um, her daughter. And uh, I thought it was so great because I had met um, a new friend and I was really excited and so ecstatic because I was sort of a bit of a loner so I didn't have many friends but I made friends with this girl and I was so excited. And um, we used to have a lot of great times together. That girl was uh, my sister Margaret who is now deceased. She took her own life there 12 years ago. Dear me. But as a child Um, playing with Margaret the second youngest, you never were told she was your sister? No, it was another aunt of mine who is now deceased as well that came home um, from England. And um, she sat me down one day in, the, in my aunt's living room and she was, she was chatting away to me and I was telling her about all the fun that I had with my new friend and how excited I was to have this new friend. And she says, what's your new friend's name? And I just said, Margaret. And she just gave me this look and she says, um, oh no, look, she says, I want to tell you something. She says, that little girl that you go in to play with, she said, is your sister. I was about nine or 10 and her mother is your mother. And the lady that has reared you since you were a toddler, she said, is your aunt. And, yes. How did, and do I, you think she was, was right? Um, she was. I, I, I was. I think she quite, was right. Yeah, I she, do. She was. She was right because I was really quite, quite shocked when I heard the news, and it sort of overwhelmed me. And at the time, I was, I was quite young myself. Um, it sort of excited me a bit more because it brought me much closer when to I knew Margaret, Margaret was yeah. my sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we had that. We had that unbreakable bond. Um, but. Um, Two years after I, I went, I was put into boarding school into a convent outside Cashel, Tipperary myself. And uh, I resided there for a few years myself. And um, when the convent closed, I, I attended the local secondary school in our hometown until I was 15. Um, I left school and then I started asking a lot more questions. Okay. Where were the, where were the other girls born? Um, from what I gathered from my aunt, I sat her down um, one day, and from a, a cousin of mine as well, from what I gathered from the information they gave me, they told me that I had two sisters, um, and I didn't know I had two other sisters, to be honest with you. Um, the story there was uh, my mom, Maggie, came home on a bus one day um, with Nora from England, and Nora lived with my mom in Erlingford up till the age of about seven years old. And a cousin of mine who lived um, next door to my mom said um, she made friends with Nora, they're related anyway, and they used to play in the garden all the time. Until one day a man with a briefcase came and took Nora away, and that's the last she saw of her, or that anyone had seen of her. Um, that man later I understood to be Nora's dad, um, he brought her back to England. Is it that your mam couldn't cope? My mam had suffered um, with um, schizophrenia, so she had a lot of uh, bad depressive moments. And, you know, it wasn't that she couldn't 
cope is just at, at that time when Nora was taken back. Um, but after Nora had been taken back, um, my mother got pregnant on Kathleen. She had, she had Kathleen. Now, it was during the time when Kathleen was a small toddler that um, my mother's depression got worse as, as the years went by. Okay. And she, I don't know what happened exactly, to be honest with you, um, but she was brought into Kilkenny with Kathleen to St. Joseph's Industrial School here in Kilkenny. And it was decided that um, my mum should um, sign the foster pap- papers to have Kathleen fostered out. Okay. And where do you think Kathleen went? From my own knowledge, from what I gathered from my aunt, um, she was fostered down to Cork. I don't know what part of Cork she was fostered down to. I know my aunt told me she was fostered by um, a family called the Curran family. And I gathered from my aunt that they were, they were a lovely family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she had lived with them uh, for most of her um, life. Why was there a Besborough connection to the story? I'm not sure. I was just told that my sister had been in Besborough House, um, that she had um, a baby. That's what I was told. That Kathleen had a baby. That that Kathleen uh, had a baby and that she was in Besborough House. And this is the information that I got from my aunt. So she would have been with the Currens for a period of time. She would have been with the Currens. Found herself pregnant during that and was in Besborough. Yeah. Okay. And um, during the years as well, I I received my own foster files. And when I was reading through it, um, Kathleen had wanted to meet with me when I was very, very young. But I don't know what happened back then between my aunt or social workers, but I I don't recall any meeting ever happening. And you haven't met since childhood? I have never met Kathleen. she'd She'd be an older sister of yours, second born. How old would she be? I'm presuming she'd be late 50s. Is that all? Going on late 50s, early 60s now. And you hopeful that she's still in Cork? I am very hopeful that she is still around Cork. And if not, if there is anyone that is listening into this show this morning, anyone that does know her, maybe would put the message forward. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to reunite with her? I would love it. It's hope that I've had for all of my life since I knew I had sisters. It's hope that I have that I can find my two sisters because I've, I've seen a picture of my older sister, Nora, when I was young and because uh, she was sending frequent letters back and forward to my mum. Mm-hmm. And um, when my mum passed away, no one knows what happened to the letters or the picture. I, I, I do know that I have nephews and nieces there, you know. And How did your mum's life work out? Um, my mum suffered with um, very bad depression over the years. She died in her early 50s with a diabetes-related illness. But um, she, always spoke, she always spoke to me about Nora and Kathleen. The one wish she had before she passed on was to meet them again, to see them. Mm. Was she also unaware of where everybody was? Um, obviously, my mum knew where Nora was at the time because they were sending letters back and forth England, to, each yeah, o- yeah. to each other from England and, and pictures. Um, I don't know what happened to those pictures. And no, I, know, to I know. But Kathleen um, is the mystery. 
Kathleen is, is the Kathleen Kane or Kathleen? Kathleen Kane. I, I've, I've looked her up on Facebook under Kane, under Kern. She could be married now for all I know. I don't K-A-N-E know. K-A-N-E was her birth name. Um, C-A-I-N. We all C-A-I-N. went by C-A-I-N. Oh, as in from the Bible, Cain and Abel. Yes. Now, all our family um, went by different surnames. Like, my, my uncle would have went by K-A-N-E. The name on my birth church was K-E-A-N-E. So, we all... So, she could be Kathleen Kane. She could be Kathleen Curran. She could be married now, having changed her names. But she certainly came to Cork sometime... When in the 70s, do you think? Try and put a year on it. Uh, I would say it could have been early 70s, 73. 73, okay. I'm just presuming myself, to be honest. Yeah, okay, so it would make her sub- late 50s? It could make her 58, 59. Gotcha, gotcha. And it was the city, was it? I'm not sure whether it was know. the city or the the county Cork. I'm not sure what know, part of Cork she was fostered to. I know, I know. We're not missing anything else in the search for her now at this stage because clearly this is a plea to anybody who might be listening that might know of your sister so you can reunite with her. Um, is there any more information that we might use? I know that Kat, uh, Nora was looking for Kathleen there for years as well because um, during the time that she um, lived with my mum, um, Kathleen would have been born and she would have she would have known Kathleen. And have so you got the, on to Tusla? Have you been on to Besbra looking for information? I'm currently um, I'm searching through Tusla and uh, Barnardo's. Good, because do they have any information that they've shed any light on it yet? Um, they are going to get to get back to me. Um, there's a lot uh, on October the fourth. Um, there's meant to be a new legislation coming out. Yeah, there is. So I'm 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 hoping for that as well. That something might come out of there. It's it's all really it's all really a waiting game. And that it's, that it's, waiting it's game actually is a waiting game for your sister Kathleen as well because I, we don't know whether she's looking for you, but she certainly would be given access to information. You've never strayed too far from your home, so you haven't. No, I, I I live in Kilkenny City now, um, but all the years I've been searching for them, I've never given up hope and I never will. I know. There were dark I, old the, times, weren't there, Burr? There were very dark times and like mother and baby's homes were just something else to be reckoned with. wasn't very nice places to be born or for any mother that was in these places. I know. I know. Yeah, but even the story of, uh, you know, the fact that you were actually playing with your sister and didn't know she was your sister and it took an aunt coming back from London to tell you that it was your sister. Dark times, all right. Dark times. Very dark times because it just threw everything, you know, I mean, I I wanted to find out who I was. I didn't really know who I was. I know, I know, I know. Are there any genealogy services that one can hire or retain to do this work. I imagine it would be probably expensive anyway, wouldn't it? It probably would, yeah, it, it probably would. Okay. But I, I, I'm, you know, I, I will try anything. Okay. I, I, and hence our conversation. I will try anything okay. to, to, okay. to find them. Okay, so you never know who might be listening this morning. It would be a wonderful thing if it just kind of rang a bell with somebody listening and they might say, oh, I think I know who she's talking about. I think I know who her sister might be, Kathleen Kane, adopted by the Curran family in this early 70s, came to Cork, could well be married now, originally from Kilkenny. Let's see. My one my one wish is that if Kathleen's out there, Nora is out there, 
if they're listening or anyone that knows them that is listening just to get the message out there that that I am their younger sister and I am looking for them always have and always will be and I will never give up you've said it beautifully Burr I hope that maybe this conversation will help you on your quest all right thank you so much much obliged to you thank you for now if anybody thinks it might ring a bell do get in touch with us text 0868104106 email neil at redfm.ie I won't necessarily pass on any personal information of you if you don't wish me to do so but if you could shed any light in solving this it would be a wonderful thing thank you The Neil Brindeville Show on Cork's Red FM Our phone lines remain open after midday 0818 You were talking about cancel culture earlier on this morning where everybody is entitled to a voice but there would seem to be a bit of disparity with regards to whose voices are heard the most the minority who do need to be heard I get that or the majority who feel as if they have an opinion and thoughts on the world that we live in and the pace we're moving but they are afraid to talk about it Why do I mention that again this morning? Well, on Friday in studio we will have the great Victoria Keating and the great Declan Sinnott um, because they are a great combo great musical combo and a great combination of people. They're madly in love with themselves and they're wonderful people. I'm a huge fan of Victoria and I have been a lifelong fan and in awe and utmost respect for Declan Sinnott. They have a new single out now. It's called Let's Go Singing in the Choir and it is about uh, cancel culture Um, and they talk actually about cancel culture obviously or they sing about it in the lyrics. It's about how it would be much nicer to be kind and how we're stronger in community Um, and it's going to be released to the general public on Friday but I'm happy to say they got in touch with me earlier in the week wondering if I'd give the song its first play and it would be an honour to do so. They'll join us in studio live on Friday to play us out uh, musically because they're an incredibly talented couple but this is the new song Victoria Keating and Declan Sinnott Let's Go Singing in the Choir. It's not over to be you Victoria Keating and Declan Sinnott, the new song Let's Go Singing in the Choir. It's a beautiful song, great combo, and they'll join us in studio for a couple of tunes on Friday. Meanwhile, uh, a lot of activity up around the Bandon Road, Barrack Street, College Road area this morning. Quite an amount of texts on this. Uh, what is the disgrace about this? What's the problem with regards to students? Yeah, they're queuing outside Sissy Young's at have faith this morning. There's a party on and Sissy Young's uh, started at half past ten this morning. Uh, anyway, the texter says, they don't cause any problems. They're probably still enjoying the novelty being able to legally drink. Leave them alone. Uh, easy to know, it's a young generation. Never heard of an early calling house, Neil? All queued up for 11am. Never heard of that before. Oh, to be young again, says somebody else. They should be left off to enjoy their youth. Listen to the show regarding whatever week it is. It's not Freshers Week. I've found that out. It's more to do with sophomore. I think it's second years. Anyway, my daughter just did her leaving cert, but won't start college until the 26th. So the students parting are not first years. The parting you're talking about on the Bandon Road is not first years. My daughter doesn't start till the 26th. Uh, love the show, says Leslie, a loyal listener. From a grandmother of 75 with three children going to college, tell people, get a life. Let them enjoy themselves. Uh, why don't you acknowledge the massive amount of antisocial behaviour and vandalism that goes along with these college events? That's the issue for many people, not the party itself. I acknowledge it, I do, and I know that it comes at a price. I said that earlier on this morning for residents. 
I'm just saying, I don't know that we're ever going to get around this, you know, because for the decades and decades that I've been on the air, only one thing's happening. This happens every year and it gets more prevalent every single year. I don't know how you stop it in a college city like this. Uh, instead of blaming the students, blame the bars that are putting on these events so early. Of course, students will go if a pub organises event. They will always go if there's a party on. Hang on a while now, lads. In two weeks, they'll be queuing at penny dinners. Just students doing what students do. Leave them alone. Uh, people who complain are sad and bitter people. God, they'd want to get a life and get out and enjoy themselves. What business has he taking photographs of the public? Um, people sending uh, photographs to this program. People have no right without anyone's permission. You, have, unfortunately, you're wrong there. I think the law is you can't take photo. You can take photographs of people in a public place. Um, so, um, anyway, he has no right without people's permission. And he said he nearly knocked down someone because they walked out in front of his car. He's probably more likely that he should have had the phone and shouldn't have had the phone in his hand while driving. Ah, oh, come on, guys. My daughter's starting first year on the twentieth, so they're not first years. He speaks from experience. Uh, so if people speak from experience, they also were young once. Uh, I ran past Animax at 10 to 9 this morning and there was about 40 students queuing on the Bandon Road drinking cans. I'm a former resident of Bandon Road and my parents still live there. My uncle also lives quite near Animax. Here is a photograph of the queue. Well, I can tell you what, you might have taken that at 10 to 9, but by half past 9 or 20 past 9, the queue was a lot longer than that and Gardaí are present as well it's it's ironic actually while at the same time we're talking about um, the partying uh, because of the week that's in it whatever week it is the news are running a story um, at 11 saying the students are facing homelessness students are deferring college college places because of the accommodation crisis deepening Um, they're going to have a student walkout next month because uh, firstly they want the abolition of college fees uh, the banning of privately owned student accommodation and more investment then by the government in student accommodation. And they're saying uh, that the students are being pinned to their collar now, trying to find somewhere to live. Um, I, I imagine that it's, you know, to some extent, they've only got a certain amount of money to spend on accommodation. But many are wondering this morning, how come then they can party so hard and spend so much on, on booze and everything else like that at a time when they're facing homelessness, deferring college places, and having a student walkout next month. Your thoughts on that? Text 0868104106. But just for eyes and ears on this one from overnight and indeed maybe the last couple of days, Anthony, good morning. You describe it morning, as Neil. absolute bedlam. Is that right? Bedlam, your the words, bedlam not mine. Bedlam asylum would probably be more orderly, to be quite honest. Right, okay. Because, uh, like, describe the bedlam you've witnessed. Um, well, at Dean Roach's Cross there, you know, where Centra is, Yes, at, at the top of Bandon Road and the new monstrosity Ashling House that had caters for more of them. There was two paddy wagons. There were six guards. There was a guard out in the middle of the street directing the traffic. The queues for both pubs on either side. Then I went down further. So there what's in Danny Max and what's the other one? Sissy Young's. Sissy Young's, okay. They're digging a hole outside Sissy Young's like the lady was saying yesterday up in Sunday as well. They're digging that hole for the last six months as well. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, mm. <laughs> they're digging the same hole and putting down the same tarmac for the last six months as well. So there's roadworks as well as students falling out onto the street. And it's like an army of ants. I was watching a nature program the other night about the waste of food in New York and the way New Yorkers waste food. And 
people were throwing away hot dogs, you know, that they'd buy in the street. Mm. And within minutes, the hot dog was devoured by a hundred ants. And that's what it's like now. They're up and down the street with slabs and bags of drink, as well as queuing to get into the pubs. So, and I woke up this morning, pulled up the blind, looked out the window, all the wipers in the cars, some of them were torn off, some of them were bent, some of them were just pulled forward. Total and absolute blackguarding. Bottles, cans, everywhere. The whole place destroyed. Mm. Mm. Roaring, screaming, and it's only, that was only the second day into the term, technically. Mm. So Monday, Monday, was, Monday was day one back, was it? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And so are, they, are, are they're, they're, they're not first years, so you don't have first no. years party on their first week. That's not this. They've done the freshers and the rag week last year. Oh, these are seasoned party animals. I know, I know the difference. I spent my whole life living here. I yeah. know the difference. You know the difference, right. Yeah. And, you know, like the old saying, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But I think they're getting worse. I've never seen it this bad. But I really haven't. But what? What's is there any responsibility from the point of view of the pubs? Put, there's like, for instance, um, any Max have put on a half past ten college party with a disc jockey. Uh, is that responsible? Well, the way I look at it, I've said it to you before. We'll have this argument over and over again. If you're over eighteen, you're old enough to vote. You're old enough to go to college. You're old enough to live away from home. You're old enough to be responsible for your own behaviour. Pubs aren't your babysitter. Off licences aren't your babysitter. And this is a total waste of guard the time. And to be fair, the guard are out. And I'm sure they have a lot better things to be doing, to be quite honest. Well, you know, some people would be critical if they doing. weren't there, and they're probably critical of the fact that they are there and they could be doing better things. So no, the guards I'm can't not. win. No, I'm not saying you, but it's just they can't win. They have, like, there, there obviously has to be some sort of guard presence because. That many people with roads and alcohol, that's a danger. It's an absolute danger because they're staggering out onto the road. They're drunk already. They were drunk in a bed an hour ago. So what, what is it going to be like at two? They'll be drunk at two o'clock. Yeah. And like the man said earlier on. And then to make it worse, you have these people saying, oh, it's great. I know you're only young once and this, that and the other. Yeah, we were all young once. I don't begrudge. And on top of that, I'm going to say, I'm not saying all students. I'm talking about the ones that are antisocial. And it's just vandalism. Nobody minds having a laugh and having a joke you or see, whatever. No, it, no student will want to be left out. And if there's a party, they'll want to be part of it. It's, to, it's their time to an extent. It's easy for us to say we don't have to live up there or to witness it. Or, you know, yeah. you know God knows what could happen if they get very drunk, who knows what will result of it. But, like, there's no fix in this at this stage, unfortunately. There just isn't. Well, unless the college does something, which they're not going to do, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I suppose they're not all just UCC. They're from Mosh as well. I'd call it Mosh instead of <laughs> Monster Tech. I'd call it Mosh, the Monster Uni- University of Technology. Whatever, whatever you call it, they're of an age where... They're mad for crack, you know, and uh, we all were like that. I, I, I hate to come across as dismissing the concerns. We all of the were locals. like that. You, but you're not a party pooper as such, you say. No, I am not. Okay. Okay. I am not, but I'm totally against vandalism. I mean, before the most innocent thing people would do when I was growing up, like 
they'd they might rob, rob a traffic cone or whatever and put a traffic cone on top of Father Matthew and Patrick Street or yeah, whatever. Or it was happened recently, like was that. a wheelie bin on top of him. God knows how that got up there. But anyway, hold on yeah. a second there because the Baldy Barber's on line one. Mick, good morning. Morning, Neil. All right, okay, go uh, ahead. I mean, they're all talk about half past ten. What about pubs are good that open at seven o'clock in the morning? They still do, some of them. And there be a sing songs there. She'd be crowded. I met uh, some of these students last year, I go to any back sometimes. And last year, when they were half past five, and we met about 15, their time was up. Their time was up, they had to leave at a certain time. And I came to the, I saw the slag and said, Do any of you sing? And they said, Oh, we would, yeah. She said, If you sing, I'll sing. And they spent an hour and a half and I'll sing. Ah, uh, yeah, but that's and an that, entirely but different but, episode. But it was, it was after the end of the party for them that they were having the same kind of party. And so, like, I mean, yeah, I mean if, if you go off to Spain and holidays or Greece, or whatever the case may be, at three o'clock in the day, maybe 12 o'clock. I'll have a few beers. I'd yeah, but you wouldn't have two or three hundred of them queuing outside any max at half eight in the morning. Like, it's a bit kind of over no, the top. No, I think that's a bit much, though, personally. Myself. And the early houses, there be, wouldn't be a whole lot of people would be queuing, waiting to get not into not, an early house. Not now. I need well, what about the house parties now, later on? The roaring and screaming up and down the college road or the peeing in the yeah, gardens. Yeah, it's all very well for Mick. I like Mick. He's a good contributor, but I don't think there's very many third-level students living where you're living, obviously, by the sounds of it. Uh, no, no, there's not. But I swear there would be, but uh, there wouldn't be, be, there'd be arts in the Yeah, the yeah. But you don't home. live on College Road, America. make you see. You might have a different... No, no, but I do, I do frequent it. I do frequent I go up to any max there, I go to max. I, I like, you know, drink above there. Yeah, again, but you don't live park. in the area. I have to say the morning. I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, most of the kids are very good need, I think. I've seen a lot of things happen. It was happening around, I can tell you, with drugs in the middle of the day, at 12 o'clock in the day. I've seen a lot and of things And do you not think it's a very strange... Time. Sorry, Mick, to interrupt you. Do you not think no, it's very right. strange as well? We're getting these commercial... During the commercial breaks, these new testing kits for your alcohol to see if it's spiked. This new pharmaceutical product. Yeah, I know, I know. Yes, I know. Yes, do you yes, not think that's a bit of a coincidence? Yeah, at the same time... Is, is it a rite of passage, Mick, that this is always going to be the way it is? It's always been this way, but it does seem to be getting worse. And I'm wondering, do the pubs well, have a responsibility? The college, do the, the off-license have a responsibility? The college students on go was tasked about 12 o'clock. He's got to the star and, and another few pubs at the time. And that was 12 o'clock in the day. But there was no queue outside there, you know? Yeah, OK. And they used to be inside outside the Savoy Give at 12 o'clock. Give them a break is, is what you're falling. saying, is it? Oh, well, I, I mean, if, if they do no harm to anyone, I see nothing they wrong. They are. But the residents would say differently, they are. They are, and to their property, and to their cars, and well, to that, their gardens. That, that, that is very, very wrong, then. Okay. Well, if, if, if they're doing damage, they should be arrested and uh, paid for it. Okay, feel you free. Feel, thanks, Mick, appreciate it. Feel free to come back to me in the morning, Anthony, if you have an update on what happens yeah, in the no next problem. 24 hours. Yeah. Thanks for if now. I get any sleep, I probably well, will, yeah. Yeah, do your best anyway, pal. Thanks for now. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Many people have been texting in about using the Garth Brooks tickets. This is the late Orla Flavin's Garth Brooks tickets for the Saturday night Garth Brooks concert in Dublin to use them for the benefit of a charity close to Orla's heart. Um, And we've... uh, acknowledge that uh, and uh, one of those charities would be uh, Cork Cancer Care so here's what we can do in an effort to raise a few bob for Cork Cancer Care 
they have an I donate page, idonate.ie forward slash cause forward slash Cork Cancer Care. So we'll be asking you to give a minimum donation of a fiver and then send us the receipt, a picture, a snap of the receipt to WhatsApp or by uh, email. So WhatsApp 086 with a screenshot of your five euro donation. And then we will pick a winner from those donations tomorrow morning. And that person will receive uh, the late Orla Flavin's Garth Brooks tickets. They were her tickets. She passed away. And that's so, so sad. But uh, let's use the tickets for a good cause. So idonate.ie forward slash cause forward slash Cork Cancer Care. Minimum of a fiver. Send me a screenshot. WhatsApp 0868104106. Last bit of business this morning. Only have time for two quick calls. Courtesy of ourselves and Autism Assistance Dogs Ireland. Family photo shoot for you with your Bow Wow. Sponsored by Finbar Murray Photography. So, Siobhan. Hi, Nain. I wish I had more time, but tell us about all of the different dogs. <laughs> we used to be living on a road years ago at home, right? And um, they used to be dogs on our road. And our dog was called Rover Manny. Rover Manny. <laughs> Rover Manny, even though our name is O'Manny, he used to be called Rover Manny. The other dog used to be called Major Reardon. Major Reardon. <laughs> and the other dog was called Brandy Moore. <laughs> Who gave him those names? Well, their first names came from the owners, yeah. and then the surnames automatically came with our surname. Okay. And is your bunch of young fellas would be constantly calling to the different houses to collect the they dogs? Would, uh, just our dog. There would be two young fellas come down from the end of the road, and they'd come up on a Sunday morning, and they'd say, Mrs. Manny! Can we take over hunting? But we know they go up by the well. I don't know. Do you remember the well? And up by Sealers Pub? Yeah, yeah. For black ass, was it? Oh, picking black ass, I'd say, for the day. And then the poor dog has come back. Manky. <laughs> filthy dirty. Filthy dirty. <laughs> and the poor dog was... The poor dog in the end ended up like a coffee table. You know, a Queen Anne coffee table with the four legs. Because like. Rover Manny was an old dog, right? He was old. Sure, Rover was an old Labrador, you know. He was a handsome dog at the time, like, you know. But sure, they, we get great fun out of it, like, you know. But like Rover Manny, Major Reardon and Brandy Moore were our dogs on the road. Imagine if we started a programme on the, your first dog and your first dog's names. Little Birdie tell me, tells me that you're one of the Golden Girl's daughters. Is that right? I am. Sheila's the one and only Sheila. That's right. Sheila. Do we all call my mum Mrs. Manny? No one puts the on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, the road caller, Mrs. Manny. Regards to your ma'am Sheila and to you and Rover Manny. Thanks for sharing. All right. Take care for now. <laughs> we'll see how we get on. Finally, Sarah, good morning. Morning, Neil. I wish you had more time, but I encourage people to share your doggy stories. Uh, text 0868104106. Your one. You're on Redemption Road. Go I ahead. That's it. I'll make it quick. So it was last year, actually, Neil, we've had a dog, Robin. She's Caracushan. So she was having puppies. So the same weekend, we were, myself, my husband and my daughter, we were climbing um, Caron too. So straight away, we had to think of, you know, who'd mind the dog and what have you. So mum and dad said they'd mind the dog, which they're very good. And um, they said they'd take the dog for us for the weekend. Now, she wouldn't do the puppies till the following week. Yeah. So we were saying, you know, she'd be fine. And we'd be grand. So kind of we were checking in over the weekend and ringing and how was she? <laughs> like, like the child, like, how is she? How is she? You know, <laughs> so she was grand. So we went up anyway, up the mountain on the Saturday, climbed the mountain, came back down. And then the Sunday morning... Um, we got a phone call. So my mum was out hanging out the washing and uh, next minute she comes in and she was like, oh, the dog is acting very strange. She's very funny. And she'd never be up in the couch, you know, and, you know, she'd always sit on the floor or she'd be in her bed or whatever. So she calls my dad anyway. Michael, my, that dog is acting very strange. There's something wrong with the dog. 
there was Robin up on top of my mom's new coach having the puppies. Oh my God. <laughs> having the puppies. So she rings us down in Clarny. We were in a panic. Um, rings us. The dog's having the pups. So we were eating the road, up the road. So we swear now like it was one of the kids having their first child. <laughs> up the road from Clarny, flying up to get up to her so that we could see her and know that she'd be all right. But we never got over because my mom, she never got over. She was like, my new couch, would you believe? Oh, I can only dog imagine. Has a, bed, a bed on the floor, all the blankets, all the all the bits and pieces she had. And where did Robin end up having the puppies? Up on top well, of Well, she was dead right. Find the most comfortable place to give birth, without a doubt. How many yeah, pups? Yeah. Four, four. <laughs> is, Robin, is Robin still in the family? She is, she is. Jesus, she's like everyone who knows Robin. She's like the pest. She's the baby. Look, we can't go nowhere without her and, and we're going anywhere. And I want you to take her for a family photo shoot as well, all right? <laughs> so we have a family photo shoot for all the family with Robin, sponsored by Finbar Murray Photography. <laughs> so congratulations Brilliant. on that one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I assume you replaced your mammy's couch. <laughs> oh, I was up the Monday morning with the bucket, the sponge, all the sprays, all the bits and pieces and scrubbing it for dear life because I was like, I never the end of this. Well said. <laughs> nice story. Thanks for sharing, Sarah. Brilliant. 500 Thanks, euro Brilliant. family photo shoot, courtesy of ourselves and Autism Assistance Dogs Ireland. If you would like to donate to them, they train uh, dogs to then be given into families whose children or child might be on the autism spectrum. And it opens up their world with these trained dogs. You can donate on their website, Autism Assistance Dogs Ireland. I have three family passes to give away now for Charles Fort. All right, pick up the phone. It's the last bunch of passes that we have. We still have some more to do across the back end of the week. But three family passes to head off to Charles Fort. It would be a nice weekend excursion for you with the weather that's good. Get on the phone, 0818104106, and you can have one of our three family passes for Charles Fort. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.